0: Joe
1: Rogan podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan experience.
0: Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Comedy crime fighter. You don't hear it? There we go. go. Bam. 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 Yeah, we're in it. We even have a cough button. Damn. It's like
2: a real radio show. Damn,
0: professional Joe. If you have to blow your nose or anything, press that red button. Not anymore, Doc. What's happening, I don't brother?
2: do any of that stuff anymore. Oh, that stuff.
0: <laughs> how long how long has it been since you did that stuff?
2: I did a year and eight months almost.
0: Oh, so you go back, you go forward? No, no, bit. no,
2: dude. I, I'm I'm clean That's as a whistle, it.
0: dude. Done. Nothing. How many times did you quit in the past?
2: Well, I went five years with uh sober, and then I went ten years just running and gunning, and now I'm back <laughs> to uh a year and eight months, man. <laughs> ten years of running and gunning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's White-knuckling life. it, dude. White-knuckling <laughs> Literally. it. Literally. Survive in advance. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Thanks for having me, bro. My, I love you. My pl- I love you, too. Yeah, man. Good to be here. What the fuck's going on? Just, uh, you know... Are we ready to go to war with China? Manifesting, bro. You yeah. see what's going on? Happy we- World
0: War Three day, everybody. Nancy is in China. They're rolling tanks around. Have yeah. you seen this? I yeah. They-
1: Threatened. They're not a not a direct threat, but they said if anything happens with those jets, you might fire back. Keep your jets out of our area. They said something like that. Uh, that it, our jets? Yeah, there was some. I'll look it up. To but mm. like that. But then they were saying this is not a direct threat. We're not taking this as a direct threat. This is not a threat. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of threats being said a lot. Her times. and those
2: eighty year old sloppy tits of hers are gonna get us in trouble. Like, i Why I'm, is she there? I don't. Well, there's a whole bunch to that, like, has to do something with some processing chips that she has some, like, illegal like insider trading
0: on or something like that. Look at this. In a banned tweet, a top state media commentator reportedly said that China could forcibly dispel Pelosi's plane and shoot it down if it flies to Taiwan. Could you fucking imagine <laughs> if they blow her out of the sky? It'd be crazy, dude. And
2: you see everybody on Twitter just telling China, you know, hey, if it happens, we understand.
0: you <sighs> imagine if they fucking execute her?
2: Yeah, it's crazy, right? Because, like, I guess Russia's not happening, so they're like, who else can we go Russia poke is happening, though. But, I mean, like, in what terms of, like, I don't know, man, it just seems like the Ukraine is, like, just a, a complete failed state.
0: Well, Russia is ramping up, and the, the real fear is that um, what's going on right now is all happening while the roads are moist. Uh, they, you can only travel on the road, you can't drive on the ground in Ukraine. So like, they're very limited. So their tactics are very limited because when they move the tanks in, the Ukrainians are shooting at them from the side of the road. But once the winter comes, you could drive anywhere. Oh man. Yeah. So
2: the- Winter is coming.
0: Literally. Yeah, literally winter's <sighs> coming. So we're we're headed towards September, right? We're in August now. Next month is September. And then once it gets cold in Ukraine, I don't know when it gets cold in Ukraine exactly, but once it gets cold, that ground gets hard. Once that ground gets hard, they can roll tanks anywhere. They can't dr- go off the side of the road. They get bogged down now. You think World War Three's coming? I'm very scared. I am too. I, I don't trust that anyone is... Got has got a really good plan to prevent it. You know, it just doesn't it doesn't seem like Anybody expected Russia to do what they did in Ukraine and then once once it happens like it's still happening so it's like How do we get out of that? How does how does uh, Ukraine survive it? How does the rest of the world handle it? What happens if Russia takes over Ukraine and then wants to push further? Scary shit, dude. It is scary shit because it's like a hot war in i mean it's not technically europe it's technically asia right but we think of russia and how is Ru- russia is like partially europe and partially asia is that how it is
1: <laughs> ukraine is definitely in europe and i don't know about russia
0: like some parts of russia are considered to be yeah like eastern europe yeah so yeah. so europe and part part of russia is in asia right well, I'm Armenian. A
1: transcontinental country. Mm.
0: Armenia is
2: a part of uh, Asia, but I have, like, Eastern European Armenian in me, right? So it's kind of—so it's like that weird kind of gray space in there yeah. right there. Fuck,
0: dude. What yeah. a wild world we live in.
2: And it, Ukraine reminds me a lot of Afghanistan and what we did there, which was, like— you know like supplying weapons and funding to mm-hmm. like extremists there and then drawing russia into a like a a, a prolonged war mm-hmm. to try to weaken them and then eventually the people we gave the weapons to and the money to we'd be make them the bad guys now and we're like we gotta go solve that problem too with like al-qaeda and stuff that was mm-hmm. in, in the taliban and all that stuff and it seems like the exact same playbook that they run over and over and over and over again
0: the difference is they're making the ukrainians look like the greatest people ever <laughs> yeah you know that you know what i'm saying like Zelensky and his wife are on the cover of vogue Did unbelievable you see that? yeah it's very strange to do that in the middle of a war to have like a photo shoot like a glamorous photo shoot
2: while you're like bombing pow like camps and stuff like that <sighs> killing off your own it's like what do you mean
0: bombing pow didn't they just
2: bomb like a giant didn't ukraine just bomb like a giant pow camp i was i was reading and that killed a bunch of people a bunch of ukrainians yeah their own people i don't know if it was done by accident (sighs) and you see that a lot so basically they blacked out the ukraine it was very hard to get anything out of the ukraine
0: Explosion kills Ukrainian POWs held by Russian-backed forces. Moscow and Kiev accuse each other of targeting Ukrainian prisoners held in Russian-controlled territory. So, there's—it's not clear who did it. Yeah, which side? imagine being a fucking prisoner in Russia, oh. like this Brittany Griner situation. Imagine being a fucking prisoner in Russia, and you're like—you are
2: basically caught in a A war. Like, you you are a pawn in the war. You're a pawn. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I I feel for any of those people. I feel really bad for her. I feel really bad for Julian Assange. I feel really bad for anybody in America that's in in a prison for drugs, in
0: particular marijuana. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. And how about uh, Edward Snowden? Like, he's still stuck in Russia. And now Russia is, like, technically our enemy. You know, he goes over to Russia to escape the grips of the United States criminal justice system because he reveals that the NSA has been spying on every fucking American.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's no good guys. Yeah. Who are (laughs) the good guys? And like most of us don't even want to fight with you. Everybody just wants to raise their family, you know, laugh at a good fart joke. Drink a little beer, have a little fun, get laid once in a while, and it's like these power elites that all get us all to fight with each other. No,
0: it's it's crazy.
2: It is crazy. It's crazy. And like ninety nine, like like the the spectrum of life, five percent, five percent on the, each end are the crazy people, and yep. everybody in the middle just wants to be like. I used to do. Uh, I used to do. Um, uh, I used to go entertain the troops, and we went to Afghanistan, and you met the locals. They were the nicest people. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I, I would do tours in, in China. I, I, I would do stand-up in China. Nicest people. Like, everybody is so more alike than yeah. we are different. Yeah. But we
0: highlight these little things that gets everybody to fight with each other. Well, it's other people that, you know, they orchestrate it. It's not the people that are just regular folks living their life. It's the elites. It's the people that are in charge of government, the people that are in charge of military, the people that are in charge of massive corporations that seek to consolidate power and control resources and you know regular people most people just want to live their life and and you know raise their family and have fun with their friends and do their job get laid it's once in a, a while it's such a small percentage of people that are cunts that are <laughs> trying to like start wars and cause trouble and with such a small percentage of people and the thing they're most terrified of is everyone being united if there was like A way where everyone can communicate very easily with everyone else. You know, there's language barriers and cultural barriers, but if those dissolve because of the internet and because of uh, software that lets people translate languages quickly, that's going to help. And it's just people are going to realize after a while that we have way more in common than we do apart. That's that's easy to hide when there's language barriers and cultural barriers and, and distance barriers. but And the control of information. Like if
2: you're yeah. getting pumped certain things and that's all right. you're hearing all the time, that's all you're going to believe. But thanks to the Internet, now we realize... That there's like a whole other side of the story that we were never told. And if you take a look at religions, man, you look at like Christianity, Islam, Judaism, they're all almost saying the exact same thing. It's like almost where they power rank Jesus, right? It's mm-hmm. like where, where, <laughs> what the fight's over, right? Yeah. Is he the top guy? Is he like ranked fifth? Where or is, is he? just he? a regular dude. Yeah, right? What is he? Is
0: he just a prophet?
2: Is he mystic, man, wizard dude? Who or knows? Or was he the son of God? Or was he the son of God? And What do you think? Do you think there was really a Jesus? Listen, man, uh, it's very weird to be a guy who used to, like, do blow and raw dog strippers and be like, <laughs> I love Jesus. But, you know, I'm really cool with the guy. <laughs> like, I'm really It's a really weird thing to say. <sighs> like, you sometimes, like, you pump the brakes a little bit. But, man, a big journey for me has been this spiritual thing that I've been on. And, like, I think Jesus was just like a starseed. And I don't know, like... Believe what do you mean by that? Like, I, okay, man, I think that, like... Go. Should I smoke weed before you talk? Go for it, dude. <laughs> Please, light it up, bro. I feel
0: like we're going to get deep into the conspiracy hole.
2: I, I, well, I was talking to young Jamie about that. He's very much into it. Oh, I was, G- young I was Jamie impressed.
0: is a, a connoisseur of the conspiracies. And
2: gets it, dude. Gets yeah, it. He, does, but he gets it. I think that the universe sends people down to help send humanity and to help direct people and... Humanity in certain way in directions, and I think that's what he was and whether he was born at this time or born way back You know when they had that one movie that was like the story of Jesus is told 28 different times and eight or 20 different
0: Yeah, that's called the God who wasn't there. That's the documentary for yeah.
2: me. That doesn't mean that someone might my Someone existed and they're just telling the same story in their mm-hmm. own language in their own way But it's all the same story and whoever that was whenever he was here was very special and organized religion, which I have no problems with, but I think there's, you know, especially like the the Vatican and Rome, harden religion, taking out all the kind of mysticism of it. And made us take it literal, and, I, and that's not what I'm into. I'm into a spiritual thing and the mm. universe and energy. I'm trying to become a wizard. And trying to become a wizard, dude. I'm trying to manipulate energy. That's the whole thing right now. How are you doing this? Uh, there is no reality. There's only perception. That's what I'm all about. So I'm cha- I, for my. I really have worked on changing the way I look at the world.
0: There's and, no reality, there's only perception. Yeah, that's
2: my belief. How does that work? How you perceive things is, becomes
0: your reality. But what about um, things that are tangible, like games, like, like a game of basketball? If you throw a ball and it does not go into the hoop, then it does not go into the hoop. That's right, not right. a perception thing. right. Those are little thing. things. Those are little things by
2: overall... Overall was uh, you could be like, okay, is that is that a good shot or was that a garbage shot? Well I tried to take my shot and that could be oh. a good part of that. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? The interpretation of, of the energy. That's what I'm all about. The interpretation and of the energy. So so my whole thing is when we take a look at all everything going on in the world, right? right? Which is like are is there a small
0: group of people that are running everything, right? It seems like there is. Right. And what is that World Economic Forum? What is ro- Davos? Has you right. ever gotten into that? Did you Obviously. see that post? There was a post that, uh, fuck, who who made it? Here, I'll send it to you, Jamie. But I uh, I pulled it aside just because I'm like, wait a minute. Did he really fucking say this? It was uh, a Klaus Schwab yeah. quote. It was cr- a- attributed to Klaus Schwab saying that um, we need to get rid of private vehicles. Oh, yeah. Was that real? Did he really say that? Oh, well,
2: I mean they this, put out that video says, you know, in the 2030, you'll own nothing and love it. <laughs> I'll send
0: it to you, Jamie. Yeah, I did see And some see guy that. from Cast Central Casting's just smiling. It's you'll, like, you'll you own nothing it. and you will be happy. That it's that's yep. what it said. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Yeah. Well, then someone's got to own it because they're renting it to me. No, so you'll own nothing.
2: Well, not you. You me, I won't own nothing, but they'll own everything.
0: World Economic Forum urges public to eliminate ownership of private vehicles. Do you think he is rising the bus? <laughs> How about his dad, is bro? That's uh, from someone, uh, Gateway Pundit. World Economic Forum urges public to eliminate ownership of private vehicles. Did he really say that? That seems like a crazy thing to say.
2: Well, you know, it's it's super interesting, man, who they are and what they represent.
0: paper they put Mm -hmm. out on
1: July 18th, which.
0: Three circular economy approaches to reduce demand for critical metals. Oh, wow. And this is who put this out? This is on the World Economic Forum. World Economic Forum. Forum? Yeah. Shifting from fossil fuels to renewables. Requires huge amounts of critical metals which is true. Recycling alone won't be enough to sustain the. Imo- oh, I get it They they fucking played the old switcheroo on us. You got to get an electric car. So oh, actually uh, Yeah, now that we've got you off the fossil fuels. That's not enough. No, dude, not even no, cars. No, you, you, you don't need to, a uh, Recycling is not gonna be enough to sustain the amount of materials needed. So we need to increase sharing reuse and a Preference for longevity to reduce demand. What does that even mean? Int- Who's going to own that. the Ubers? Interp- gonna- interpret that, please. We need to increase sharing, reuse, and a preference for longevity to reduce demand. What does that mean? Why is that so ambiguous? Well, I get reduced sharing. I get reusing. But a preference for longevity to reduce demand, reduce demand? What does that mean? Do you know what that means? Don't buy new cars a lot. But pre- preference for longevity, so preferring older cars—is that what to it's prefer saying?
1: Prefer to own it longer over Like, a longer like Cuba,
0: of time. like communist Cuba, <laughs>
1: you know, they, yeah, have, they have the dopest you old cars. You can't own
0: anything. That's basically what they're saying. No, they Buy have, our shit. They have Use cars. They have cars in Cuba. They have dope old cars. Which I love old cars. Oh my God! Have you ever seen like those photographs of? Because what they've done is they've maintained them and taken care of them and like re you know like refixed them and refinished them. Yeah. and they're, they're fucking amazing. Yeah, they, they have like nineteen fifties dope ass cars. See so if you can find like I know there's articles that've been written on the cars of Cuba. Poverty it's, makes you find ways to thrive, right
2: You have to figure out a way to play the game and win the game with limited resources and that would be taking a, a an old car and learning how to make it look amazing. That
0: is kind of the game right yeah for sure that I mean that's always been like a prideful thing for people if you you can afford a car and you you know fix it up like look at that cars in Cuba photo gallery with the green cars in the center the top line, top uh yeah, right there. Look at that. One more over. That's no, a you missed gorgeous it. Car. Right there, yeah. Look at that. Look at those cars, man. That's incredible. So they do have a few modern cars. You can see that car's pretty modern. But I think part of the issue is we could find this out. I think part of the issue is that it's hard to get cars over there. Why is Cuba filled with classic cars? Let's see what it says. Um the story of classic cars in Cuba is full of political and historical significance. Cuba has never had a car manufacturing industry, so they relied solely on automotive imports to populate the island's road roads. Uh, during the Cuban-Spanish-American War, the first car ever imported to Cuba was, how do you say that? La, La Parisine? <laughs> I'm Parisine illiterate, bro. From a little-known French manufacturer in 1898. However, the turn of the century, Cuba's primary source of cars and parts was the United States. So that's what it is. Okay, 20th century, by 1956, there were more than 140,000 cars in Cuba. Okay, and then the Cuban Revolution and the embargo is 59. And it says, uh, saw a change in the island's automotive industry as old friends became foes. Fidel Castro placed an embargo on the U.S. and foreign imports. Oh, you couldn't get cars in there. Any cars. Which meant no American cars were exported to the island. The embargo even extended to include car parts, which had serious implications for Cuban car owners. With no new cars coming into the country and no parts available to make repairs, car owners had oh, had the make a choice, I guess the, the typo, had to make a choice. Either let their cars rust in the garage or use what parts they had available and make repairs themselves. Wow! So they just started figuring out how to make parts. Uh, make I guess. their own parts. Yeah, they, had, they needed to became a mechanic and created innovative ways to keep their cars running. Unfortunately, as abandoned American cars included American car parts, Cuban locals were forced to make repairs and restorations using parts gleaned from Russian and Chinese vehicles. Primarily, the plethora of oh, that's right. I'd heard a lot of these cars have different engines in them, like they don't have the original engine in them. Ah. But aren't there places in, like, China
2: that make old car parts? Like, it, let's say you own, like, a, a fancy old car and you need a new part. They don't make them in the regular car uh, manufacturers. So there's places
0: in China that make old car parts. That's, uh, I'm sure they probably do. I mean, they definitely do in America. There's a company called Year One. It's a really dope company, and Year One makes classic car parts. Yeah. Like, say if you have a 1969 Camaro, you can get a 1969 Camaro Fender. Like a full-on replica Fender. Make sure that's true. I know, because I know they have a lot of stuff. Sounds true. Go to Year One. It's like Year One auto stuff. But basically, because so many people in America love classic cars, they've developed this industry where they can, you know, give you replaceable parts. And then there's companies that like make you a brand new classic car. So this is uh, yeah. So it's all stuff that they'll they'll make. like a body, 1962 to 1976 Dodge wow. Duster. Let's go to that because that's a pretty obscure. Well, actually, go to the Barracuda. Go to the Barracuda. Okay, so 1970 1974 E body Barracuda. What do they sell?
1: Uh, might not have a lot of stuff in stock right
0: now. New or selling items. Does it say anything? Is that, is, Does it have anything? Mm,
1: that would come up.
0: Okay, or but so what- it, None of that stuff what, down there? All that stuff down there? What is all that stuff?
1: Oh, I see.
0: So those are- Oh, I oh, see. Step one section. Yes, right. website. Right. right. It's a little clunky, right? The website's a little clunky. Uh, so go uh, to engine, uh, engine. Yeah, let's just- Let's go on. to engine. So click on that. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, there we engines. go. Jesus Man. Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like you, how dare you question me? Oh, my God. They have so much for sale. Uh, they have everything. Uh, Look yeah. at all this shit. a lot. Yeah, alternators and 500-wedge crate engine. Oh, go back, please. 500-wedge uh, crate engine, 505 horsepower. They have, uh, oh, look at all these different engine mounts. They, oh, they have all kinds of shit. They have different blocks. Yeah. Yeah. This you can is build like, your own like classic new car, basically. Basically a classic new car. And then there's other companies that will do it for you from scratch. There's this company called Revology. And he only made, I think he only does Mustangs, but dude, these cars are insane. He makes a Mustang. He takes like, I don't know what of the old car you even have to have, because it's not the old car. It's a fucking completely wow. brand new Mustang. I want one of those so but bad. But it's a night, like that's a 67, that's a 67 GT, that's a GT350, I think. That is a wicked car, man. And this guy will make you like a new one of them. Like, look at the inside of it. It's incredible. that cost you? A shitload of money. <laughs> I don't know, but it's worth it if you have it. It's a shitload of money. But, but see, the difference is people. No, it's not worth it. You're right. Nothing's worth that amount of money. Go back up to that first image, the blue one. Yeah, right there. Nothing is worth the amount of money. Like if you're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars for a car, but that thing is a fucking rolling work of art. And it might be one of the only reasons why you would want to have that kind of money. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Look at that thing, man. If you can afford it, I mean. Bro, look at that thing. That's art right there. That is art. And maybe some people don't get it. I get it. Like, some people think my, you know, I have classic cars. Some people think they look stupid. I was like, I get it. I get it. I get it. They're loud and they're fucking noisy and they're bumpy and they, yeah, they don't handle as good. But there's a difference in what's going on. You're looking at it like a Yugo. <laughs> you're looking at right. like you're looking at it like a thing that gets you from point A to point B. You're looking at it like a Prius. Yeah, that is not a Prius.
2: No, 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 no. That is American ingenuity and it's a yeah. powerhouse. It's
0: American art. How, how can look you look at look that? that I think that car. looks stupid, bro. That thing is so sick. That's a 1968. That's the same yeah. car from Steve McQueen and Bullet. 100. Make that a little. Does it make
2: it a little smaller?
0: like that's that looks stupid a
2: prius looks stupid
0: compared to to that that thing is sexy that is gorgeous sexy that car is they just knew how to make cars back then man they just it's the weirdest thing that a a country and all you like an industry can figure out like this insanely compelling shape and then lose it like it was like it just vanished like what they had Versus what it became. Yeah, those things became gross. Yeah, you look at Mustangs from like the 80s Yeah, dude, like yuck. I used to drive one of those. I was in a
2: high-speed car chase with a uh, uh, with a tow truck driver and a police helicopter driving one of those like the the eighties nineties Mustang that Pablo yeah. Francisco gave me in a <laughs> card game that he won, and Rita Piazza's like, I Shut fucking the hate fuck this up. car. Really? And I needed a car, and she gave it That's to me. Amazing. And like I I was at a Laker game, and me and my buddy Scott Ross, who has a who owns uh you know Tenth Planet in uh, Ventura. We were going to a Laker game. We got done. I might have been partying that night a little bit, but I I go, and I go to the 7-Eleven. I I buy some stuff. I get back in my car, and I back up, and I don't see this tow truck driver had parked illegally, and I hit his car, and I was like, what should I do? And a voice inside my head says, go, and I'm like, "Boom!" and I just go, right? So we're just driving, and uh, I'm just driving. Suddenly I hear, I look back. This tow truck driver is chasing me. And we're just, and then all of a sudden we get into like this Robert De Niro Ronin, like car chase scene through West Hollywood, all through West Hollywood. And we get on Santa Monica and this car was like a beat up car. It was like a, a junk. So he, he, this guy's so crazy. This car, tow, tow truck driver, he drives up on the sidewalk and blocks all of the traffic from going. And I had nowhere to go. So I was like. Fuck it, bro. I back it up and I shoot the, the, the intersection. I jump the intersection. Boom. And I take off. And the way I got away was I valet parked my car at the Standard Hotel and let him take me. And Maz Jobrani took me and we went down and did our weekend at La Jolla. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story, dude. You I just, just valet parked your car. I was so, like, not mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take it, dude. And I, I, I got out of there, dude. What year was this? This had to be early 2000s,
0: and I didn't have a car, and he gave me a car. Could you imagine what it was like if you got arrested in the 60s and there was no computers? Like how did they know? (laughs) You could get away with a lot more shit back then. I can imagine. If you're a bank robber and you're fleeing the state- Yeah, for sure. How the fuck would they know? If you got like two, three states away, how the fuck would they know it was you? I think you just gotta get on one off-ramp and you are gone. I mean, did they have significantly less crime? Like,
2: Well, I mean, there were less laws, right? So there were probably less criminals. I mean, every day there's a new law. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to jail for what now?
0: Right. Yeah, well, if they start making laws about this stuff, like what you can and can't own, that's when people are going to wake up. Yeah, have you ever looked into Klaus Schwab's,
2: like, dad? No. Have you ever heard of new Schwabenland? land? New Schwabenland. you never heard of New Schwabenland? No. Have you ever heard of uh, Operation uh, High Jump? I knew I was going to love this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Dude, it's, it's Operation crazy. High
2: Jump. What does that mean? Okay. So uh, at one point, some people like, what's going on with Antarctica? Have you heard of this? Where they sent Admiral Byrd up? What's going on in Antarctica? Yeah, so the US government's like, "Something's going on with Antarctica. There's some activity up there. We want to find out what's going on." So they send this cat named Admiral Byrd up to investigate with a giant fleet, uh, like a just a, a a fleet to go to go bang, bro, you know? When was this? I think this was in the uh when was Eisenhower in? Was it the 50s? 50s? Yeah, it was 60s? like right around like just uh either around World War II or right after it. And so they sent Admiral Bird up to go find out and according to his journal that they found much later, he he basically met with UFOs, Nazi UFOs. What? Yes,
0: Nazi this, UFOs. The Nazis the Nazis had a like a flying saucer.
2: Had, had made a deal, basically, <gasps> working with... Inter- what? You've never heard this. No. It's the greatest story ever, bro. It's the greatest story. <laughs> so the story. Nazis made a deal with the aliens? Yes. Holy For shit. For technology, and the deal was they were going to work together, okay? I know this sounds crazy. <laughs> So basically the aliens go down and and Klaus Schwab's dad go down and meet with Eisenhower. It's gonna be like we could we could either do it one way or the other way. We could do it nice or we can do it the wrong way. And that's where they say Eisenhower made a deal with these aliens Mm. that they could kidnap people and do experiments, but they couldn't just do it anywhere. They had the they had specific places which were our national forest. What? Uh, yeah, dude. You've never heard of this. <laughs>
0: You're making this sound as if this is like a story that is commonplace.
2: Well, for my people, it
0: is. (laughs) Jamie, count me out here. Have you heard the story?
1: brand new. (laughs) You've never Uh, heard of this? (laughs) You've never
0: heard of Operation High Jump, bro?
1: I feel (laughs) like I've heard of that, but I haven't, not in this context. This sounds amazing. Please please keep going. And this is uh, where the the missing
0: 411 come from the missing information? What missing information? No,
2: the missing 411. What do you mean by that? Which is all these people have mysteriously
0: disappeared in force. And oh, they don't you're know You're not how. talking about the missing 411 like information. No, no, no. So, the mi- the, so missing 411 is a, the number of people that have been yeah. abducted. Yeah. and it, it's
2: all really weird because they all have a, like a, a lot of similar characteristics. German-born, like German background. Excuse me. Highly intelligent, and it like I don't know how weird you want to get, bro. But, I want to get weird. Okay, bro. They think like the, this might be some time traveling Nazi shit, bro. I know you're gonna think I'm crazy, but
0: it's true, dude. That's what they believe. And they made a deal. these they? These they folk. Who, who? When who, you say they believe, who are these they The people? conspiracy people. Are they united on that?
2: <laughs> no, there's a whole different, there's a lot of uh, warring factions. clans, bro. <laughs> there's a lot of
0: warring <laughs> clans, dude. But that was How is, deep do you want to go? What is interesting is how advanced the engineering of the Germans was. You know, it's really interesting. When you think about car manufacturers like Audi- and Volkswagen, Mercedes, it's all out of BMW. BMW didn't BMW make engines for Nazi fighter pilots? I think that's what they first started off they doing. They all did,
2: Bro, but I, I mean, think
0: that's what BMW did, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. And then we were and talk- Audi made Hitler a car. <laughs> yeah, Hitler had a race car. That Audi was never part car. of their marketing plan, though. Yeah, that would have it. been a crazy campaign. What does it say there? It's so, a
1: nineteen thirty nine. BMW 801D piston. Piston
0: radial aircraft engine, and national origin is Germany. So, World War II th- planes. In that year, they made World War II planes. They made engines for World War II planes. So this is wild, man. <laughs> I mean, IBM was making stuff to,
2: for these camps, too, dude. It's crazy. IBM? Yeah.
1: Like, they it, had computers. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Right. What was that? There's a book. <laughs> Uh, what did they do? They were make. It was the precursor to actual computers. It was like a uh, filing system to keep you, track of stuff.
0: Yeah, of who was where and what into these oh, camps. that's Right, I'm remembering this. And and then you, oh yeah, man, it gets
2: super and weird. So that, but the was, place
0: called IBM, right? Was it called something else? I think. I think it was IBM.
1: Book. Yeah, the book is called IBM and the Holocaust: The Strategic Alliance Between Nazi Germany. I mean, you ain't fucking around,
0: around with that Port title, Polish. huh? <sighs>
1: That title is rough. Yeah. Dude. You're
0: like, <laughs> if you're straight IBM, you to the be point. Like, Fuck, did we do that? <laughs> did we really do this? I don't the strategic what. alliance between Nazi Germany and America's most popu- powerful corporation expanded. Interesting. So, the, the <clears> area <throat> in, of Antarctica they went to was new, new Schwabenland. New Schwabenland. Do you think that's why he dresses with the space? 100%. But, dun, yeah. dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 dun. So, they're all in contact with the aliens.
2: I think, well, dude. I mean, it gets in the. A lot of people think this is about power and money. What
0: do you think it's about?
2: It's spiritual war, dude. This is these people got all the money and all the power. They got more than they could ever want. I think they want complete control. But that gets into spirituality, not just complete control, but lowering your vibration and and jacking your loose.
0: Hmm. Your but spirit you think, energy. You think they're doing that? consciously or do you think they're doing it like uh, they're chasing the economics and along the way it actually becomes a spiritual battle because everything is a spiritual battle i
2: think it's done purposely i think they're they're, they're evil i think i think they're they're low low there's low frequency stuff going on and they've made deals with people and things and that's why things going on
0: that was very ambiguous, but I understand where you're going with it. Okay.
2: I mean, if you want me, I just don't want to get too weird too fast, bro. But <laughs> too I'm, fast? I'm
0: like, <laughs> we just opened up. We're good.
2: I uh, mm-hmm. I 100% believe this is a spiritual war and that these people are working with dark entities and that's what this is all
0: about. L- let's imagine this. If there was like uh, an alien race that came here from another planet and gave- just a random group of people, uh, technology, yeah, gave them an understanding of things and how to do things. How much of a record do you think they would keep of that? Wouldn't that be something that people
2: would want to talk about? Yeah, but, that, but that's the beauty of the internet, that we're now able to
0: do that. We could never do that before. So that, you think that's what the story is about? The, the story is about they went there and they met with the aliens and the aliens gave them information?
2: I mean, Hitler was really into the occult. Yeah, like he, he would send people
0: all over the place. No, he had a lot of bad ideas.
2: Yeah, he had <laughs> a lot of bad ideas. But see, uh, the occult has a negative connotation to it. Not everything involved with the occult is negative. What the occult really means is secret.
0: Secret. So
2: there's not as much That's around. what the word means? Yeah, it's basically no. mean it means like
0: it's hidden. I, I always associate it with people that believe in silly shit. <laughs> When someone starts talking about the occult, I'm always like, "Mm, how do you feel about ghosts? You know, how do you feel? But like when people start talking about like dark magic, I'm like, for real, real? you sure? I believe
2: in that there's some energy manipulation, but Um, I don't disbelieve. Yeah, I don't disbelieve. Listen, I like I I, I don't know what's going on. I just kind of read stuff and I'm like, how does this fit into the puzzle? Right. How does this fit into the jigsaw of life? And you start looking around and you just start going, okay, man, this is interesting. That is interesting. This starts to make sense. Because if you look at it from a power uh, and money point of view, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you want everybody to lose their jobs? Why would you want everybody to be staying at home? If, if, if it, nobody's making any money, then
0: you don't make any money. You I know? don't think that's true. I think you just got to keep people at like a, a constant level of consumerism and a constant level of work. And you'll always make money, but you control the money this way. The way to control people is to control their access to food and goods, and control their access to travel. And so if you could limit their travel, if you can tell them that traveling's bad, if you can tell them that if they have to travel, they have to travel with other people, and then if you could change their food and tell them they have to eat bugs, yeah. you have to eat bugs. We're gonna have they're they're trying they're literally pushing that you're eating bugs. Right, they're pushing you got to stop eating meat. Like, you stop. Uh, all, are you sure? You sure that regenerative farming isn't real? Because the people that run it are saying that they can literally get to like a zero carbon state where they're not emitting any extra carbon. They, they can do that with regenerative farming. I just don't think they can do it for millions of people. Yeah. Uh, where are you that get, is the problem. How, that's right? the problem with like regenerative farming to me. It's like the reason why they do factory farming, it's f- fucking gross and terrific. It but is so many people are eating meat how are you going to feed that many people i think that synthetic meat has a real shot the um you know it's not really synthetic i, I don't think that's the right word for it what, what what is the word for the meat that they're making where they're they're basically like re- reproducing s- steak cells like they're making a lab grown steak but it's actual meat this is interesting to me because i'm like if they're doing like <sighs> If, the, if they can figure out what the building blocks for an actual cell are and recreate it perfectly And if they could do that in some sort of a form that that makes it a steak, That would that would mean they could probably do that if someone gets their arm blown off That would mean they could probably do you know yeah I mean? for sure that'd like, be great Like that might happen 50 years from now with the same kind of technology. They might create meat I think now they're just making it's like mush and they put it together with, like, fat, and they just... Just, just not very presentable at this point. What does it look like? Cultured meat. That's what they're
2: calling it. Oh, that's, I love the names they come up with for it's stuff. A, it's such a great cell. Cultured meat. It's been
0: around the world. It's, it's cultured. <laughs> it's from France. It's a meat produced uh, by in vitro cell cultures of animal cells. It's a form of cellular agriculture, which such agricultural methods being explored in the context of increased consumer demand for protein. So what does it look like? Let's see what a lab grown steak looks like. You think it looks delicious? Probably looks like a lab grown vagina. Yeah. Shady as shit. That's lab grown? Whoa. Oh, you know what that is? That's tiger steak. That's um, what that is—is is lab-grown tiger steak. So they've reproduced other animals' tissue. That looks like a fucking real steak, man. That does. That's lab-grown steak. Is that really lab-grown? Do you think there's not enough food,
2: though, Joe? Is that? Do you think that's an issue right now that there's not enough? Um, I have not done any accounting on how much food there is. Have you? Well, you know, we hear a lot of stories about, you know, we subsidize farmers not to grow. And it's just like, if 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 issue- well, you know an why issue, they do
0: that, though? Why? They started doing that because in uh, World War, I think it was World War II. And the reason why they started doing it is because they wanted to make sure they were never caught without grain and caught without food. Because there was- You know, one of the scariest things about war, particularly in in those days, was famine. Like, if you were cut off to a supply of food and and food couldn't come in. I mean, obviously, there's everything about war is horrible. Everything about it. But famine is kind of crazy. And I think they were trying to uh, avoid that by supplying, you know, making sure there was, like, a, a, a surplus. And so they made some deals with farmers. Make sure this is a, an accurate re- interpretation. I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it was, though. So that's why they started subsidizing the farmers. Save the to the soil? Make, well, because they were, we we're at war. And then they just kept doing it. Now, I don't know how much has changed. I really don't know much about subsidies and how they work. But I do know that you know we make a shitload of corn that most of it is used for animal food. The U.S. government created farm subsidies during the Great Depression to offset the surplus of crops and low prices of both crops and livestock. Okay. Though the Great Depression ended nearly a century ago, subsidized farming persists. Today, farmers make up less than 1% of the U.S. population. Hmm. So what, what was the food subsidies that took place during World War II? Was that World War I? Yeah. That, so that, was that when, when the Great Depression, Depression was? In, was? It was in between them. Okay, so maybe that's what i'm fucked that's what I fucked up the the year of it, so that's essentially they had to do it because we needed food. we needed to make sure you didn't fucking starve and people back then people had to like get together and work to help like they would they would make things for the war effort like you're supposed to donate tires and people would like donate like um Pots and pans and metals and shit and they would melt them down and make bullets out of them. Like it was it was yeah. a Crazy United time in a way that I don't think we really understand
2: today. It was a crazy time Everybody came together and I just wonder if we could ever do that now today I, I, I feel like people are starting to wake up maybe and coming together a little
0: bit more But the point is that's the subsidy of fun. that's where it started. It started for a good reason It started because they, they were really trying to feed people and they were in the middle of a war,
2: right? But but for me, it's and it's also that they 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 said that it was also about controlling the price of of, yeah. of product, right? That's so they, right for sure, definitely too. To keep because if you flood the market, right, it's just everyone's buying it for pennies on the dollar if they they can get it everywhere, which is fine. I'm totally great, but I'm very nervous about what's happening with these farmers right now.
0: Yeah, it is strange, right? I mean, it's strange what they're doing um, in, uh, is it the Netherlands? N- where Netherlands,
2: having, Canada?
0: The, where in, in The Netherlands where they're having these, um, they're blocking streets and lighting things on fire. Because they're proposing these uh, new things to farmers that's basically going to put farmers out of business. In terms of like how much methane They can produce, can produce. right? Which is how many cows they can own. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, I think there is... Some feed that you can use that reduces the amount of methane a cow uh, produces. But, I mean, how are they doing that?
2: And do we is really that... think it's cows farting that's the problem, <laughs> right? Well,
0: it's, it is a problem. really is a problem.
2: But is it anything like what's going on in these giant cities that
0: we live in? Well, you would think it wouldn't be until you realize how big some of these farms are and how many cows they have. And that's how they feed millions and millions and millions of people. Most people are removed from the fucking yeah. horrific reality of meat farming and dairy farming. But the, the the reality is, like, those, there's a lot of those fucking animals. There's a lot of them. And they're all farting. And it's really burping. <laughs> burping's the real problem. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, burping's the big problem more than farting. You know, but... The people that are the, the fans of regenerative agriculture, I'd love for them to sit down with someone who is like an economic realist who could tell us, like, can you do this everywhere? Can you have animals just run free and shit and then you have the chickens around and then you have the pigs run and they do everything they want to do and the, the whole soil stays and healthy health, right. from the manure and the way they eat it and everything, the way they eat the, uh, the, the greens? Or are you bullshitting me? Like is the only way to make McDonald's burgers for a billion people. <laughs> is the only the only way to s- stuff these animals into these fucking cages and do that horrific shit yes. that we see in those videos. Yes, that's the question. It is. It is a hard question too, because right. there are so many people. So this is where I get excited about lab-grown meat. I think they can. The best possible solution is those two things regenerative agriculture where the only, but, but you only can produce a certain amount. Because realistically, it, it seems like you would not be able to produce as much. You wouldn't have as much land. I mean, it's it, if you're just gonna have Cows everywhere. Are we going to just have cows everywhere? <laughs> it's, like can India, it's like fucking right. up traffic. Can you imagine if like, we realized like, we have two choices? <laughs> <laughs> we have factory farming yeah. or cows just everywhere. Just roaming, dude. It's the only way we can keep up with all the steakhouses and all the Five Guys burgers. We just have fucking cows everywhere. Can't
2: touch them on the street. <laughs> That's going to
0: feed a family.
2: Let him enjoy his life. Right.
0: Dude, that, that might be the solution.
2: Just roaming.
0: So it's one of those two things. It's either factory-grown meat, lab-grown meat, cultured meat, or uh, regenerative agriculture.
2: What is the new one that they're putting out, near meat or almost meat or something meat? And I think McDonald's have like a,
0: just bailed on their Beyond Burger thing. Yeah,
2: that's it, Beyond Meat, right? And then it had yeah. like insane amount of...
0: Uh, Seed oils, no, yeah, like uh, it's not good for you. Yeah, not good for you. You want to eat vegetarian? There's Sorry. plenty of really healthy things you can eat. If you want to eat vegetarian, you should eat real vegetarian food, not some fake fucking meat thing. If you want to be a vegetarian, I <laughs> yeah. eat Indian food. It's delicious. There was a place. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of delicious vegetarian food, but there was a place near my house in uh, back in L.A. And it was this uh, total Indian joint. Like everybody spoke Hindi. Is that what it? Is yeah, Hindi. I, I'm cool. Is with that that. How you say it? Um, they spoke um, in their native language, and everything was in you know their native language, and it was all vegetarian. It was this crazy authentic place. I love
2: that restaurants do that too. Like you go into a certain ethnic yeah. restaurant, you want to see those people working there. Yeah. If it's a bunch of hipsters, you're like, oh, this is gonna suck, right? But
0: you bro. go in there and it's authentic, bro. You're good to go. It was literally like you were transported to a small, you know, small shop in India. That's what it's like. the food's legit so that's my point it's like eat real food don't be eating that nonsense well you know i mean unless you like it i don't give a fuck
2: yeah man i mean like i've lost some weight i'm not gonna lie i'm happy fat but i'm also happy in shape too so it's like how'd you lose weight i did intermediate fasting intermediate or whatever it's
0: called (laughs) (laughs) what's it called intermittent yeah that too yeah (laughs) Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I, I did l- that.
2: 40, I'm good for 48. I, 72, yeah. I'm ready to go on a killing spree.
0: You do 48-hour fasts? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a long time.
2: It's yeah. I was days. doing 22s mostly, but yeah. then I got it to 48. And mm-hmm. I
0: liked it, man. I was losing weight, but, man,
2: I was getting like...
0: Rrr. I think we eat entirely too much food. I mean, it's pretty evident when you look at the the population. And when I say we, I definitely include me. I eat too much food. I like it. I'm a glutton. But if you look at the rest of the population, like most people don't eat like us. You know? <laughs> well,
2: they stretch us really thin. We're run- we're working more than we ever have, so sometimes we gotta stop and the only thing open is that green, that yep. yellow arch, and you're like, oh, man, I haven't ate that in a month. And then you eat it, and your body's like, go fuck yourself. Now you make the hell, and you eat out nowhere. And your you body's just like,
0: ate a preservative bomb. Oh. You know what's the most amazing thing? They take those burgers, and they put them on a shelf, and they never rot. It's Have you crazy. seen that? You're like, this is not good for anybody. <laughs> the, maybe, let's f- find out how much of that's true. I know there's photographs of, like, big macs that are on shelves that are just sitting there forever
2: oh you're looking like something you're drinking you're like good for like 10 15 years you're like this ain't healthy not healthy not healthy at all no. like i try to eat good man
0: but i also like to eat like shit i like to have occasional of course right everybody does oh man I go. there's those- like a extra thing to eating like shit because you know you're giving your body a little treat I go to I go to uh, McDonald's get that vanilla ice cream, and every time
2: I show up, there's like a race ride about to break out right there. <laughs> it's like some giant black trans about to fight cholo's on the other side of the fucking. <laughs> every which, time I go to this which one, which one are you going on to? Santa,
0: uh, it's on La Brea near Santa Monica. So look at this. Go scroll back up so I can read the thing. It said, "Found McDonald's cheeseburger looks exactly the same after five years." <laughs> I wonder if it's edible. Can you imagine if someone just fucking ate that thing? Uh, uh, Five years. He had to eat it. He had to try it. But Look at this. She vowed to uh, Megan Condry Condry, has vowed to ditch fast food altogether after she found the burger still looks exactly the same (laughs) as the day she bought it back in 2017. (laughs) <laughs> Megan from Washington, D.C. decided to conduct the experiment after noticing a forgotten burger in the back of her car had not started to rot after five days. She said, I w- it was untouched until around three weeks ago. I was in the closet sorting out my Christmas stuff, and I knocked the bag and the burger rolled out. I'd forgotten about it. It was rock hard, as hard as a hockey puck. I could probably smash a window with it. <laughs> well, <laughs> she Everything it's uh, completely dry. And, it, and it, it could start to crumble.
2: She sounds like an alcoholic that hides bottles all over the place. <laughs> she's just like hiding fast food so no one knows she's eating it. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, dude, you know it's not healthy when it's turn and burn that quickly. But sometimes you just got to, you know, people are spread thin, and dude.
0: They yeah, gotta, they gotta eat, dude, and it's like. Oh, dude, I get it. I no, I'm I I'm not a an anti fast food person. Don't I mean I'm a person that says like just don't eat it all the time. Don't don't make that your whole diet. Anything too much, right? And, Anything but that but that kind of stuff in specific. It's like when you get in a habit of having like chocolate shakes and and burgers and fries and you know those fucking buns and all the sauces and everything. You get in a habit of that, and then. You're just giving your body too much to get rid of. You're, you know, it's that's not nutrients. Yeah. You're giving your body like this just rush of sugar and there's a lot of protein and fats in there too. So, like, by itself, like what I like to do is go to In and Out and get those. Uh, how do they do it? What is it called? Flying Dutchman? Is that what they call it? I don't know, I man. I think they In-N-Out call it the Out flying the best. they the shit. But the Flying Dutchman is like they take a cheeseburger. P- uh, patty and they put a piece of cheese on it and that's it no animal bun. is that animal style no animal style is when they pile a bunch of crazy oh, shit on it. Really? see that's a flying dutchman oh, okay. that, that's a flying dutchman with onions so no lettuce no nothing just the meat and the cheese so that's like the least guilt free shit for me cuz i'm just getting ground beef mm-hmm. nothing cheese in and no it's pretty fucking good. That's why the line is around the block yeah. every time.
2: Exactly. Look at that. It's a flying <laughs> Dutchman on French fries. Animals. Look at these fucking yeah, I Yeah. Mean, <laughs> going hard. <laughs> Dude, Carl's Jr. one time was just, whatever they could shove on a burger was their new burger. It was like lettuce, tomato, a bike, uh, an elephant. It just was like, it was just so ridiculous. And it's like,
0: it's that's the most unhealthy shit I've ever seen in my life. But it looked good. And tastes good. I'm sure. The In and Out thing is like what they've done is said, look, it's gonna take longer because we're gonna cook it right now, but it's gonna be better. So you have to wait. And everybody's like, Let's do it. Yeah. Whereas everywhere else, like you want it right now, which is so crazy that they already have a cheeseburger yeah, right. ready for you. <laughs>
2: Before you're even done ordering it, they're handing you your order. <laughs> it takes time to make a fucking cheeseburger. The fact
0: that you can get it so fast.
2: And I eat, like, dude, I have the metabolism of a dead person. <laughs> like, um, I gained weight. I, I once
0: gained weight
2: driving. I felt my pants getting tighter, so I had to take off my belt as I was driving to
0: a gig. You were eating in the
2: car? Oh, yeah. And I could just feel oh, like t- I had to undo my pants just so I could breathe. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's
0: fast, dude.
2: I, uh, dude, I, yeah. So I have really bad, um, my, my metabolism's super slow so I, I can gain weight
0: doing nothing His um, the intermittent fasting helped that
2: Yeah for sure yeah so that's... I had a show called Wild World of Spike on Spike TV and I was I do- remember that I was doing like stunts. I didn't even know I didn't even know what the show was about when I got it cuz I just wanted to be on TV. Who was on that with you? Me and Jason Ellis and Kit Cope.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. Ellis is
2: doing stand up right now. He's so funny, dude, cuz he's lived such a crazy life. He's it's like fun watching someone starting to learn stand up mm. and you kind of like give them a couple tips here and there to lead them in their way, but so we were doing a show and like I I discovered what a hematoma was I didn't know what that was before and then I would get these stunts and these giant hematomas on my leg and I just gained this this layer of permafat that I never lost like I, I, I probably started to show around 175 and I ballooned up to like almost 200 maybe and I kept it forever and then doing this this fasting Ha, like help me finally shed a lot of that that fat that I have forever that I could never get rid of. You must feel much better too, right? I love it, dude. But sobriety and like eating better—it's just—it's—it's one eighty, dude. Nice. It, It's—I—I I wake up every morning. I'm like, oh man, do I feel so much. Do you better. have
0: any vices now? I have all the vices, bro. But I mean, like in terms of like cigarettes, um, uh, alcohol, no alcohol, right? No
2: alcohol, no drugs, no marijuana, no marijuana. <clears throat> You know, I always question, like, at some point, will I ever be able to do shrooms again? Because shrooms kind of right. changed my life. Um, what do you think? Maybe. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. But right now, I just enjoy being sober. But, you know, the whole story about Bill W. at that one point, mm-hmm. where, like, he had done acid. and he yeah. wanted everybody, yeah. like, to do the 12 steps and then trip balls. And that was going to be the, experience, the spiritual experience. And then he almost got ran out. So they're like, okay, no. Uh, but not
0: interesting because boy, what a much better organization it would have been. It would be interesting. It would be Save really my life. Interesting. It'd be if you if you could do that. If you could do like the whole spiritual journey, and then like work yourself into a place where you're capable of doing the psychedelic experience. Yeah, I, mean, I just don't know be, if like, some people can do way? that. The problem is it, it's whenever you you got something like that. Here's a problem. It gets culty. What? If you're giving people psychedelics, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's already culty if you're gu- giving them a guideline to live their life right, right. because each and it's very hard for a person to tell you how to live your life because it's very hard for a person to live their life. It's very hard for people to get it together. So if you're giving advice, like how good do you have it together, right? right? So if you're telling me that I have to believe in a higher power and I have to do this and I have to do that and this is the way, like are you sure or is, is that the way for you? You know, like maybe it is the way, but it it could get culty. And I'm not saying Alcoholics Anonymous is culty. I'm saying any kind of organization that starts to tell you what you're supposed to be doing and how to do it, it could get culty. I think a- a- anything could get culty, right? Yeah, I mean, like. then you add psychedelics. Yeah, then you get weird. Then you, then you could really I mean, get If you
2: culty. had movie trivia night and you had psychedelics, it could get culty, yeah. right?
0: Well, I think most of those early cultures that got together, like these fucking circles of wisdom and shit, these motherfuckers were tripping. That's what I'm into, dude. If you ever. There's a guy, Brian Murarescu, He was on my podcast and he's got an amazing book. And it's, uh, it's all about how the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans were tripping. It's called The Immortality Key. It's an amazing book. And it's actually opened up a field of study at Harvard now. They're studying this, this part of the history of the ancient Greeks because they found these wine vessels. And when they do a sample test on the wine vessels, they found ergot and ergot is a type of psychedelic it's like a it's it, it mimics like lsd it's got lsd like properties it's something like lysergic acid or it's related to lysergic acid so they definitely had at least that in their stuff and they found some other stuff too i think they might have found psilocybin too but that was what their wine was their wine wasn't just wine it wasn't yeah. just so this is one of the things that he w- w- went into depth about like when we think of wine like wine that we have today, like you get a nice Cabernet. Oh, delicious! Oh, I like it with a steak. Their wine had shit in it. They were pouring like fucking. They were pouring <laughs> they weed were in there. They were roofing each so, other. they're <laughs> Roofing each other. Psychedelic mushrooms and shit and and fucking ergot. You know they think that ergot was responsible for the Salem Rich trial, the witch trials.
2: Oh, there, there's a whole bunch to get into that. Like mm. schizophrenia, what is that and like people hearing voices, like I mean, you read all these holy texts. Everybody heard voices back in the day, and like how we treat those people, it might not be the proper way. Not saying you know they're 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 any kind of like uh, shaman or anything, but there might be some stuff to that. You know, I hear I've heard voices, like when I did you shrooms. you voices at, that had
0: good advice, but yeah, but when you do yes, shrooms, dude, that's yes, different. That's yeah. different. Like when you do shrooms, it's like you're taking on an entity, you know. That's
2: interesting, man. I think so when you get into like, what is alcohol? Spirits, right? It's like With the, the, there's something to that. The
0: thing I was telling you, though, about the Salem Witch Trials, we could look this up, make sure it's true, but I'm pretty sure it is. What they did was they did a core sample. You know, where they dig into the earth and they find, and, and through the core sample, I don't know how they make the calculation exactly, but they know where the years were as they go down. And when they get to the years of the Salem Witch Trial, it turns out there's a late frost, And when late frost happens, sometimes plants die and sometimes they get fungus. And fungus grows on them. That fungus is called ergot. And so they found evidence of this stuff. In 1976, Linda Corporal offered the first evidence that Salem witch trials followed an outbreak of rye ergot. Ergot is a fungus blight that forms hallucinogenic drugs in bread. Its victims can appear bewitched when they're actually stoned. Ergot thieves... Oh, thrives, excuse me, ergot thrives in a, a cold winter followed by a wet spring. So wow! They, so they found evidence of that. So if if they had evidence of that, at least accidentally, they were tripping balls because they were eating the bread was right. like so important to them. Like you know, that was a big part of how they stayed alive. They're, they're probably all tripping their fucking balls off.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. What about the guy whose job it was to go
0: around to determine whether somebody is a witch or not? Look at this. According to this theory, the abrupt end of the witch trials in May 1693 happened. Quite simply because Salem ran out of ergo contaminated grain.
2: Wow.
0: So the that witch is, is over. Cra- no more witch no more witches, because we're not tripping balls anymore.
2: Oh my
0: God, I never knew that. Isn't that nuts? That is crazy. Yeah.
2: Everybody's on shrooms. They're like, Witch. Yeah, they, you witch! imagine
0: you really would think you were bewitched. Like, why am I thinking like this? Why do I feel this way? Oh my god, I'm under a spell. And if you believed in spells and fucking the sixteen hundreds, they believed in spells. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know that's crazy.
2: How nuts! I did shrooms at the K Rock Acoustic Christmas about like
0: basically the same thing,
2: yeah. And I, I heard a voice, <laughs> and it's the last time I ever worried about my life. Really, it was said you're exactly where you need to be. I heard it loud, wow, and I never worried. And then I just went and watched Prophets of Rage just annihilate, bro. <laughs> annihilate, and it was like, and I and my life has always been kind of on this nice, nice path since then, but yeah, shrooms were a big part of my. My recovery and just like all the stuff having the kids and then this, this, this COVID thing forced me to like reevaluate a lot of shit and I'm on kind of the spiritual path right now, which is like, I really love it.
0: I really, it's a much better way of looking at the world. So you've made, it's not like you made like big leaps, like big changes in the way you think about things. Yeah, man. Yeah.
2: There's this video going around about me and Ari Shafir yelling at each other on my my past punch drunk videos, you know, Mm. of us doing it. And I I watch and it's super cringy. Right. I watch. I go. But now I understand a lot of stuff like how my energy was back in the day Mm -hmm. and how people received it. And I get it. I get it. Was this the running and gun days? This was, uh, this was running and gunning one, not <laughs> running and gunning two. This was the earlier days when it was just like blow and stuff like that. And you, let me say, say one thing about you. You
0: always, even if you were on coke, you're always a cool guy to hang out with. Thank you, Joe. It means a lot to me. You always were. but you, I, like I, You're not one of those guys who does coke and then becomes unmanageable. Well, you know what's
2: interesting, Joe? So I saw you recently at Christina's party, right? Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, is that... I was talking about this on my my broken simulation podcast. I I, I was I drove around that place like thirty times because Why? I have like really bad social anxiety, and what? I was just like I was like gotta go in, gotta go in, and then I was like defensive farting fun. the whole time, right? I was <laughs> <laughs> so just 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 fair and farting, turning, just blowing up my car, as I was just nerve farts. <laughs> yeah, nerve farts, really bad. And then I finally went in, and I was like, okay, I'm okay. But I have, like, really bad. Wow. So, like, that's a big part of, like, why I was doing drugs, too. Like, to be Got able to, it. like, be calm into my, to be into my, like, skin and being able to talk to people and, like... I wasn't a good drinker. I, I never really liked drinking, but Coke was just like, every time I did Blow, I felt like I was like Motley Crue in the Girls, Girls, Girls video, right? <laughs> just walking through, pointing the chicks, getting weird, dude, like fucking... You roll. felt like the man. Yeah, I felt like the man. And then right. it just, it worked till it didn't work anymore. And, mm. and then, uh, you know, just, I had a couple things happen and I, I fell back and... uh and then just like you know, I had uh, two girls, and I said I had to change myself. I'm somebody's dad, which is like the weirdest thing ever for me. Like, I'll be with them at the park, and I'll, be, I'll look at them. I go, "I'm this person's dad, dude." Like, it's wild. Like, it's like I, I am their. Mo- I'm going to teach them their moral compass and mm-hmm. all that stuff, and like, yeah. It's just a weird feeling, and it's the best feeling I've ever had in my life. But it's I I, I sometimes have this out of body experience that I'm this person's dad. It's so mm. weird to me, and but I I, I love it. And it's just I want to be. I I didn't want to embarrass them, so I decided I'm going to clean up my act and go on the spiritual journey. And it's been a, it's been a really great time. And it's like life is so much easier now, so than it was
0: before. And it's just. You feel like there's less resistance the way you live your life now, right? Yeah. It's like, Pete, that's a one of the problems with people that get like stuck in patterns. You know, you've always behaved a certain way or thought a certain way, so you get stuck in that pattern. You always live your life doing blow and getting crazy. You get stuck, and so then to create a new pattern, it requires a, a lot of effort. You know, it's a big, sh- a big switch. I
2: always wanted to. I always said I always wanted to set a high score in a game that nobody else was playing, right? <laughs> I just wanted to have these rock and roll stories that I thought were so important, and then I look back like nobody cares. It's almost to the point of embarrassment. Like all this stuff I used to do, all this chaos I used to get involved in, and but at the time I thought it was what it was super important, and then I realized it wasn't, and I was just like,
0: "That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful for you that you figured that out, that you made that adjustment."
2: The store and all the stuff, like, like I. So I really enjoy the store. It's it's one of my favorite places to go. I miss when all you. I miss the time when you were all there. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I'm the last of the one of the Mohegans. You know, in terms of the whole Desquad crew and all that. I miss that, but I also used to love the dead period too. When we would all go there and there would be like thirty people in the crowd and you could <laughs> go up there and bomb in dignity and just work it's, on your shit, dude. It's it very, changed. It has it changed. changed.
0: It changed. You know. It changed when we came back in 2014. It stopped being, it, it, would, it had changed while I was gone too. Because uh, when I came back, um, they had already started doing Roast Battle. And I remember watching Roast Battle thinking, like, whoa, like this is so creative and it's so important. Because it was such a joke writing show. Like you had to write jokes to fuck with each <laughs> other. And in the way Moses does it, because he's such a nice guy, he makes them all <laughs> hug. <is>. You know, <laughs> it, it makes everybody hug at the end. nice like you're insulting each other and he's a great host too
2: that's me and Brian Callen's show Brian Callen and mine show is uh we just load lay into each other and then at the end we hug before we go
0: (laughs) but when I came back and I saw that that was happening at the store I was like oh that's this is very interesting this is very interesting I'm like this is a whole different thing and kill Tony too they were doing Kill Tony and like they were doing it in the belly room, and I remember going in there, going, "Man, this is really interesting. Like, this is a crazy show. You're, you're giving these people one minute; they do stand up, and then you got Hinchcliffe, who's like the best roaster ever. Yeah, fucking with super them. fast. He's the fastest dude. He's the the best host of one of those shows I've ever seen.
2: I took him on his first. Uh road gig did you really did you, yeah it's the funniest story ever dude so i'm like hey man you want to do a gig with me I, I forget where it was it was like um it was like uh fresno or something like that so you know it's starting off bad mm-hmm. and it was for uh, a 7-eleven christmas party right so i bring him up and i would do this thing called pre-show post-show like how you think you're gonna do and that reaction to how you actually go Right And it was his first time ever <laughs> And it was so fun to watch him Like try to figure it out In front of this all Seven Eleven Indian crowd It was so funny And yeah it was his first road gig And from there he just kind of went boom And he's been crushing it ever since Yeah he's killing
0: it We just did a gig in Dallas How was it? It was awesome Dallas is a great town It's a great town I love Dallas. I love love Dallas. I love Houston. They got futuristic black chicks that I love. There's something about these big Texas cities. They're just extra
2: fun. And you remember back in the day when you would do stand-up, you go to like some of the bluer states, and you know it was very interesting. Like you know the the crowds in LA now are super are tricky. I would say they're tricky. You got to kind of like learn how to, like, present to them. So I just did a Jimmy Dore show. Like, he asked me to do stand-up in this tiny theater he does in the Valley. And they're the best crowds. You can just tee off, right? And then I'm like, okay, got to go do stand-up in Hollywood. And now I'm going to have to figure out what this crowd can handle and what they can't handle. Right. It was never like that before. Right. Back in the old days, like, you would just sling dick in, in comedy dick in L.A. And then you'd have to go on the road and kind of, like, dumb it down a little bit it's kind of flipped now and it's like in la you gotta like can't say this can't say that can't say that because they're gonna shut down right on you on the road you can just tee off like red
0: states like used to be super conservative right they were like when do you think that shift happened at the store how long ago you been feeling this way
2: uh, since everybody started coming back from COVID, I, I, I so don't like a it's, year, it's, two it, years. Yeah, it's like the, it's not the store. The store is great. It's it's crowds, crowds in LA. Whether you're at the Improv or wherever, it's like they're everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. They're way more sensitive. Like sarcasm is violent You know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, you, you know, they're not like that here at all.
2: I know. That's why I like to do the road.
0: Like this red, is, yeah. But the thing, this is not a red city. This is a blue city. This the the whole thing is not like a red blue thing. It's a like people lost their fucking marbles versus people kind of went back to living their life and trying to just deal with the fact that it's a disease and hopefully you don't get it and if you get it get treatment and you know. Oh, it's not in, about in the California, science. In California, it became a cult.
2: It's not about the science. Now that's uh, you know when the conspiracy theorists have been saying the same thing now that they said at the beginning, it was it's not about the science. It, and like mass, they tried to bring that back. They're so like, we might bring it back. And uh, Long Beach, uh, Beverly, Hills. Beverly Hills, and um, who else was it? Pasadena. We're like, nope, we're not taking. We're not doing mass. And they're like, yeah, you know what? The numbers aren't high enough. We're not gonna. We're not gonna bring
0: back the mass. Like,
2: no, dude. Everybody says the emperor's got no clothes on. That's what happened right Bro, there.
0: Biden survived it. <laughs> Can we end this? I mean, Jesus Christ. I got a crazy
2: story for you. Pl-
0: more crazier than the Nazis meeting with the aliens? No, it's right there, though. Okay. You sure? Okay.
2: So I I do have this podcast called Broken Simulation, and I was interviewing a friend of mine named Jeff Hilliard. And Jeff, it's, it's going to drop this week. And he used to be a sober companion. What's up, man? Okay, that means, like, when people are newly sober, either, like, someone who loves them will send you in to, like, knock the the pipe out of your hand or oh. like just to make sure you don't use and abuse or right. do anything so like that so someone who goes with you so you don't
0: yeah. fuck up
2: or or if you're newly sober and you just want somebody there in case you start getting like a little froggy mm-hmm. you know they, right. they stop you from doing stuff Got it. so he he um he he was a sober companion, he used to go to all these hotels and um he one of the, his clients at the time was a high-end escort And this was like during the election and he was having a conversation with her and she was like, one of my, one of my people that I party with is Hunter Biden. Right. And he told her before the election, this is what Jeff says on my show, that they're going to get his dad in by the slim and some margins. And then they're going to figure out a reason to get him out and they're going to put in camel toe Harris. And that's who they're gonna fucking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're not gonna do that. Listen, did you see that video the other day where she announced her pronouns uh, and yeah. said she was wearing a blue suit? Yeah. They're not gonna have her be the president. Uh, well, I think she's so bad, they gotta be, but that seems <laughs> to be. Not, maybe, they thought, maybe they thought that way back in the end. but I think now, after they've seen how she gets reviewed by the public, she would be like the most unpopular president by far. She'd be more unpopular than Dan Quayle, more unpopular than any any of the presidents that we make fun of, or and, vice presidents, rather. but She is, uh, she's- Don't jealous. you think? Yeah. I can't imagine that they would do that. Can you imagine they would do that?
2: Well, I mean, I'm surprised by it. I mean, I can't really get surprised by
0: anything they do right at this point. I think they would, would try to put somebody else in to replace him. They'd probably, I mean, if he makes it to the four-year mark, do you think he's going to make it to the four-year mark? Not according to this hooker. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing about hookers. They're always right. And uh, they make they're good psychic, choices. they bro. They make good life choices. So they're definitely I, not mentally ill. It doesn't. And definitely not on drugs. <laughs> and definitely don't lie. So uh, I don't know what
2: to tell you. Um, she, I, I, I think they would, you already see the rumblings that nobody wants them to run again. So I think it's going to be super interesting. But who else could they run? I mean, they, are they going to
0: run Gavin Newsom? Do you think they're going to keep Kamala Harris? Do you think they're going to have two totally new people, people? Because if he doesn't run, if he's gone, does she automatically— she doesn't really become the vice president, right? Or she no. doesn't become the president. No, I mean, if he steps down, yeah, she— Like, right before. If he steps down right before, then she might be the president like for, for a like day, a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> well, if she's in there for three days, she just That's starts passing all just, just race. She launching at us. <laughs> Yeah, man. So she, so she becomes a candidate again. It's not like you know they would definitely run her, and if he steps down in 2024, and and they have a real, you know, obviously it's going to be another election. Somebody has to run with her. I mean, if he if he can't do it, she steps in, right? Or maybe she gets a lucrative offer to do something else,
2: from OnlyFans or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, from fucking from Klaus Schwab. Huh? wants you to work at the World uh, Economic <laughs> <laughs> Forum. Oh, yeah. Describe He's the everybody. the future of transportation. Who knows, man? He, who knows what all these pieces that are getting moved around are for, but you know, it's interesting to see them try to figure out who's going to run and then seeing that Trump is probably going to run and then they're trying to put Trump in jail. They're trying to figure out what, what shit they can arrest him for and indict him, indict him on. It's
2: wild. And then Hillary Clinton, who, who just can't read a room, is like, I think I might run again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's hilarious. Right?
2: She just, I mean, she obviously doesn't read any of her
0: social media or yeah. anything like that. Well, she can't. Yeah. I mean, that would be devastating.
2: I was talking to young Jamie about that. But what do
0: you think about the Clinton body count? Oh, dude, it's real, bro. What do you think about that most recent guy? Oh, <laughs> I mean, like... This one's a wild one, folks. If you don't know, this is a guy who let Epstein into the White House seven times. They found him hanging from a tree 30 miles from his house from an extension cord with a shotgun wound to the chest. And they're calling that a suicide. Are you sure? Yeah, dude. <laughs> like wait a minute, wait a minute. What did this guy do for a living? Wait, yeah. R- hold on a second. Who did he know? Is Who did the- he let in where?
2: What happened? Isn't like, the most dangerous job in the world is a like a Clinton bodyguard or Clinton business associate. Yeah, right. It's like it's like a, it's like ninety percent clipping or something like that.
0: <sighs> But who, but listen, we don't know whether or not the Clintons have killed people, but we do know for sure that people have assassinated their rivals. That's, yes. that's been a thing throughout history.
2: Well, her dad, like, didn't he, her dad at one point was in charge of like the Chicago mob?
0: What? Yeah. Well, you Clinton's would, dad?
2: Yeah. Like when Is they took out Al Capone, he stepped in. Well, that would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and you, right and then you look at like you want some real theater, dude.
0: Is that real though? Let's we'll find out if that's real before Let's we, look. we go any further because that sounds so bananas Like she's, she's um either way she's She's extremely fortunate that her rivals and people who know things about yeah her people who know something in themselves <laughs> It's like what the fuck man one of the craziest ones I ever read about was a guy who shot himself in the head twice he was like an Enron whistleblower, and he pulled over to the side of the road, and he shot himself in the head twice. <laughs> well, isn't that Gary Webb, too, with, who came out about the whole crack epidemic? Did he shoot himself in the yeah, head
1: twice, twi- too? Uh, I found an article that says this, but I, it says, according to someone, and I don't know who this is. So, Sam okay. Tripoli? Solid so It says, solid according source. to Larry Nichols, <laughs> and it says Larry Nichols was a former trusted advisor to Bill and Hillary, but I don't. it's just an article on a website. Okay. says...
0: So Okay, this is just an article on a website.
1: Yeah, it's a blog. It's right. brass balls. I don't know what it is, but I, I found a link from my tweet. It's pretty to this. presentable.
0: It's very presentable. Seems to prefer. I might have made this though, <laughs> 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 so it might not be true. So it said, "What it says, Hugh Rodman is Hillary Clinton's father. He's pictured above. Daughter Hillary is sitting holding the doll." Okay, what does that mean? Nickel. Okay, after Al Capone, Hugh Rodman, and Dan Rostenkowski took over and ran the Chicago mob, according to Larry Nichols. Well, who's this Larry Nichols fellow? Said. Said Nichols is there. a former trusted advisor to Bill and Hillary Clinton. Nichols helped run Bill's political campaigns while Bill was president and governor of Arkansas. Nichols called Matt Drudge to break the story of President Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. Whenever I hear Drudge, I hear, like, I think Drudge Report, and I think... Yeah, is that's, that true? that's him. Is it, but but yeah no for sure oh, yeah. I know I know but whenever I hear Drudge Report I'm like okay is that slanted uh, like Drudge Report is like a heavily right leaning website right isn't it I don't
2: know is it still I thought it's like one of those things where it might have gone the other way might have went left yeah no but I could have sworn like they were really? very yeah they go
0: they went woke. like anti Trump are, are you sure Drudge Report oh okay so this is whether or not it's legit
1: uh, no knows the bias
0: media bias check. So it says mixed. could be a little bit of both.
1: But this is also back in the 90s. I don't know if it's changed. Since oh, some, but,
0: you know. but <laughs> look how it says this. So it's right of center. It's not extreme right. Right of center. In terms of the factual reporting, yeah, it's mixed. Nice. Mo- it's like in between mostly factual and low. <laughs> so m- it might be a little. So these media sources are slightly moderate conservative in bias. They often publish factual information that utilizes loaded words. Okay, so that's why. But you know, it's an, isn't it interesting. Like you're always uh, you're programmed to like when you see something's on one network or yeah. another. Oh, what is this bullshit? To dismiss yeah. it, right? You see it, a Vox article. Oh, all yeah. oh, this man? You know, and it's like it's it's a natural inclination that people have to like resist people they think might be ideologically driven.
2: No. Or that all,
0: or, and that just means the information isn't real. Right. Or it might be biased or it might be funky. It's hard. You know, like, you know, I know you're into the UFO thing. And the UFO thing is the, one of the ones, I got Jeremy Corbell coming on soon. And one of the, it, it, the UFO thing is one of the ones that I keep going back and forth on. Like, sometimes I think we are being visited by other, other galaxies or other creatures from some other world. And other times I'm going, why would they tell us? Why would why would the Pentagon be telling us that these are crafts not made from this world? Why would they tell us they wouldn't tell us? I don't think they would tell us jack shit So if they are telling us I think it's a smokescreen. I Think anytime you see like a saucer or anything. I think that's man-made Do you think they're from China or Russia or the United States all of them all of them?
2: Yeah, I think if there are Entities they're interdimensional and that they don't come here in a
0: don't think they come here in a metal craft. No, I think they
2: walk through some portals
0: or something. And they're in like, your mind. I think that's what's happening when you're eating mushrooms.
2: Yeah. I, I think mean, you're
0: contacting other things. Like the thing the feeling that you have when you're in a high dose of a psychedelic like a DMT type trip, the the feeling that you have of going to another place is like unmistakable, right? It feels like you're in another place. That might be like a place that's a real place, but you can only access it chemically. Like our idea that you have to access things physically for it to be real, you know, like you have to open up a door to get in the room. That's true. But why do we think that way? We only think that way because that's how we move around the earth. But if you think about it, just experience itself. The kind of experience that you get on a high dose psychedelic, whatever the fuck that is, whatever is happening, it's an hallucination. Okay, whatever it is, it's real. I agree. Like, while it's happening, that is real as fuck. There's nothing more real. It's not like you can end it anytime you want. You can't just stop it. You got ride. Can't just hop off the ride. No, whatever the fuck that is, is as real as anything you ever encounter in life. Maybe realer because you have no control. You have zero control, and it's one of the most terrifying things about it. Is people are scared. You're giving your consciousness up to the psychedelic. I Feel like you're in another place when you're doing that man, and if that is another place that can only be accessed chemically Maybe we should think about it that way. Don't think about it. Like like it's it's not really there cuz I'm still here Yeah, but that's just like tissue and bone and what about your mind? What about whatever the fuck it is that is you inside your head your thoughts? They're not there they're going to this fucking other dimension and they're seeing pharaohs floating in gold chariots. 100%. And, and Buddhas and aliens and jokers and they're seeing all kinds of wild shit. Tin elves and shit. And, they're, they're, and everything is changing constantly around you and moving and war. And if you play music, it dances to the music. That's the wildest thing about some psychedelics, like particularly DMT. If you play those South American Icaros, those, uh, those songs that they play when they. When they do the ayahuasca ceremonies, when you do that, the fucking, the psychedelic imagery dances to the music. Like it changes to, and, and syncs up with the music. Have it's, you done ayahuasca? No, I haven't done ayahuasca. I've only done DMT with with those ekaros. Uh, I would love to do ayahuasca. I would too, down the line some point. I just got to m- make sure I do it with legit people So yeah. it's, you know, it's like one of those things, man. It should be fucking legal. And if it was legal, then you'd know who is legit and where to go and what's good. Otherwise, you I think you that's know. why
2: they don't want you to, <laughs> that's why they don't want you to do it.
0: <sighs> they don't, and it is weird, I don't think right? they know. I don't think they know. I don't think any of those people have experienced it. If they did, they wouldn't make it illegal. They would immediately want to change their tune because if you did it, if you did DMT and then you didn't think that that was the most profound thing that's ever happened to you in your life- other than, like, the birth of your children, you you didn't do enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing that makes any sense to me. I would
2: love if we just, like, every politician, once they win an election, they yeah. have to have douche room day or do right. a psychedelic day yeah. where they just have to hit it hard,
0: heroic doses, and then go into office. They should have a series of, of ceremonies. They should probably have a series of them. They should probably do some some peyote, they should probably do some mushrooms, they should probably do some DMT, they should probably do a series of things. But the problem is, there's not enough people that are doing that. There's not, like, there's not enough people that are looking at their life and saying, I want to have like, a spiritual journey yes. where I can sort of correct my path and make sure that I'm doing the right thing and I'm true to myself and I'm, I'm on a, like, a soulful pathway. And it's because that's not encouraged in our culture. That's all it is. And some people seek it out, and those people become, you know, they become different people when they've had those journeys. And I don't think it's for everybody. I used to think it's for everybody, but I don't think it's for everybody now. I realized that when I thought it was for everybody, I was being foolish. Some people are having a hard time with regular reality. Right. And that shit's maybe not good for them. I would say probably not good for them, but I'm not a doctor. uh
2: well, you know, for me, man, it's just like, I think people, there's so much information out there that could help people change their life 180 degrees and they're just, they don't know how to find it. No one's pointed it out to them.
0: Yeah. And it's also, they don't know whether it's legit. They don't know who's, who's running it. Why is it, am I going to go to jail? You know, there's like. Weird shit involved. that is a weird thing,
2: right? Whether yeah. legal versus
0: illegal. Yes. Like if something's legal, they're like, "Oh man, I can do it." And if it's right. illegal, like,
2: "Oh, I would never."
0: Well, that's what's really weird about these uh, ketamine centers. You know, they're doing IV ketamine therapy. I've never done ketamine, but the friends that I have that have done it, like Neil Brennan, says he was tripping his fucking balls oh, off. I heard he grabbed me at the comedy store. Was telling me about it, and, and I was like, "What is it like?" He's like, dude, I'm tripping. I mean, I am fucking tripping. Oh, he's still tripping? He was? No, 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 no. He's saying like when he did it, like when when he's, he's like thought, okay, I'm going to do this in a clinical setting. It'll probably be like pretty mild. It's like, no, he goes, I was (laughs) fucking tripping balls and those are legal. So you can go and get like, if you're depressed, if you've got anxiety, there's a bunch of different reasons why they do it and they give people ketamine therapy. I don't know what the re what what are the what's the basic like what's the requirements to get ketamine therapy? What do you have to have wrong with you? It's gotta be like an off-label thing. It's not like the fucking your insurance is paying for that. Well, I I I like anything
2: that helps you explore what you're feeling instead of numbing yourself out to it. And I think that's a that's a big part of like I think what's wrong with a lot of our culture is like instead of trying to understand what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. I think some people want to numb themselves out so they can continue down this path. And I Mm. think we're all here on a path and we're all here to learn something. And sometimes the universe likes to tell us, hey, this isn't what your path on, and it makes you super uncomfortable. And some people are depressed. I think like things like depression, anger, sadness, is the universe talking to you Mm.
0: about you need to change some stuff up, you're not on the path you want to go. Patients with depression, anxiety, PTSD, end of life distress, chronic pain, drug and alcohol problems, and other conditions may be eligible for psychedelic assisted therapy with ketamine. You're in, bro. That's
2: why I'm I'm telling you, man. Enhance. Enhance. Like, don't run from it. You know, I'm in a place right now where I think things happen for me, not to me. I used to be like, really think everything was happening to me. This Mm. is instead of like, okay, what's the universe trying to tell me? What am I learning from this? What is my role in where I am right now? Right. And that's like, that's a big power shift in how I see everything. And and I think we live in a society that runs away from that stuff. Oh, I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm all that. Okay. Why? Why are you? Why are you going to take these medications? And I'm not saying all medication people got to do what they think is best for them. And there's a lot of great uh, positivity and all that stuff. But a lot of people don't want to ask themselves, why do they feel this way? And why are they going down that line? And why they want to do... Maybe, they, maybe they're maybe they meant to do something else and they just got to get the the, the you know the ability to make changes in their life. you got to make change to get change. That right. was my biggest problem. I, was, I, I, I wanted change, but I wasn't doing anything to get those changes. Right.
0: Well, I think so many people just get stuck, you know, living their life a certain way, you know, thinking about things a certain way. And what you're saying, having the philosophy that things happen for you and live your life like things happen for you, like you're going to make better choices. Like yeah. Whether or not you really truly believe that everything is happening for a reason, if you think that way, you're going to make better choices. You're going to feel better about it. You know, like you think there's a lot of uh, anxiety that gets alleviated in certain people when they pus- put their trust in God, right? They put their trust that God has a master plan for it all. It's all out of my hands. I'm just going to trust God. And that, and people will say, "Well, that's a foolish notion. You you don't have to think that way." But the people that one of my, some of my friends that are atheists are some of the most anxiety ridden, miserable. Well, they're just so freaked out. And then some of them become spiritual, air quote, spiritual, you know. And I think that I don't th- I don't think it's necessary for people to believe in anything. But I do think that people have structures that have been long established because they help people get through the just the fucking existential angst of being a person and a good strategy for that is thinking that there's a great deity that's watching over everything and thinking that you have a very special role in life that this great deity wants you to uh, fulfill and so everything is happening for you you know it's all god's plan and if you think like that it can be very self-serving in a good way i mean it can help you like the with uh, like one of the, one of the things a lot of people are burdened with is negative thoughts. Yes, people are burdened with negative thoughts and anxiety. Negative thoughts are the motherfucker of motherfuckers because you can't really just turn them off. Like if someone goes, "Well, think positive," like, "Well, fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> like when you have negative thoughts, it's hard to get away from those bitches. Yeah. But if you really program your mind. To think that there is a God that's watching over you and everything's going to be fine and everything is God's will and God has a master plan for you. And just keep showing up at church and keep praying and you're going to be good. If you just, that'll alleviate enough anxiety for you to get a lot more shit done. I 100% believe in everything you're talking about. How many friends do we have that are atheists that are just riddled with anxiety? Just riddled just angst. Well, they
2: believe in like they believe they they don't believe in a god or anything like that, but they have a they have a, a faith and that faith is in science, right? They 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 read stuff and uh, they read an article and they believe they automatically have faith in what that article is telling them is real and, and like I have zero problems with. Science, but I like I said, I I question everything. It's free might as well do it right and ask questions
0: As long as you're willing to do the research on whatever it is you're questioning I I agree because there's some shit out there that's stupid to question and then there's some shit that you go Hey, how come no one's questioning this? You know, there's there's plenty of weirdness in the world where anybody who doesn't think that some Conspiracies are legitimate is naive, right? You're a fool because people have openly conspired. People have gone to jail for yeah, conspiring. Right, right, right. It is a natural inclination of human beings. It's not like that doesn't even make sense to me. A conspiracy <laughs> where they make money and they gain power? What? You expect me to believe that? It's such a dumb attitude that people have. And the problem is that phrase, conspiracy theorist, is such a negative. If that gets slapped on you immediately, people are like, "Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist." Yeah, just a, a couple like Enron or like uh, the Operation Northwoods or uh, Iran the, Contra. Yeah, Gulf of Tonkin incident, yeah. the goddess into Vietnam. You know, Kennedy's assassination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just a few, just a few Bay of Pigs, just a few, just a few. Fuck you, man. Fuck you. You don't think in, you don't think some conspiracies are real? Well then they're going to run another one on you. All the time. Cuz you don't believe in them because you're scared to say. You've been tricked into not questioning the most questionable fucking people yeah. that have ever existed. 100%. World leaders. They're the only people, that, the reason why we go to wars, those cunts. Yeah, All man. All of them. And they use
2: the same playbook over yes. and over and over and over and over again.
0: This is a new playbook, though. They're turning us against each other for, you know, being non-binary <laughs> and for, uh saying spaz. You see, they went after Beyonce. Unbelievable. <laughs> people are so, they're so fucking crazy with what they get outraged about. Spaz is an ableist term. She can't say spaz. But it's
2: also like what does the media choose to highlight? Right? It's like yeah. there's a million people out there saying a million things. What do you highlight? And when you highlight it, it becomes like there's right. a there's a trend when it's really just one crazy person that's just going, "Hey, man, spaz is, I didn't even know that existed."
0: Right, I never thought that word was a bad word. I thought that was someone who, like knocks over cans and spills. That's me. I'm spastic. Yeah, I fucking knock things over. But there's an actual physical problem being spastic. Like it's an actual thing. And so that's the problem. That's a condition. I guess so. Like, let's find out what that means. <laughs> we, we we were when we grew up. I didn't know anybody that had that condition, but I certainly knew that phrase. Right. It was always for a guy. Stop with, acting like
2: a spaz. Yeah,
0: or, or stop knocking shit over and being a fucking spaz. Like, sit down. Like, you know, you're knocking shit over.
2: I didn't know that was like this kind of thing that makes that is worth, like, protecting their feelings
0: let's, on. Well, I, let's find out. Okay,
1: like, it's in the dictionary. <laughs> it depends how you get here, but.
0: Yeah, okay. Spaz, uh, third person, spazzes, past tense, spazzed, past participle, (laughs) spazzed, uh, to lose physical or emotional control. He offered a post game assessment. I spazzed out real bad. But still, there's
2: nothing, but I, 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 enough, no disrespect to anybody, but I don't
0: understand the connection between that and. Okay, so here it is spastic, often offensive, a person with cerebral palsy. See, this is why. Okay, so relating to or denoting a form of muscular weakness, uh, spastic paralysis, typical of cerebral palsy, caused by damage to the brain or spinal cord, and involving reflex resistance to passive movement of the limbs and difficulty in initiating and controlling muscular movement.
1: That's also just def- defining what a spasm is. So, right. like, it's oh. it's a. Sh- I right. It is a bit of a stretch to get. It there, is a bit of a
0: spa- stretch cuz it says relating to or affected by muscle spasm, but they use that term sometimes for people with cerebral palsy. It says cerebral palsy it's like, dated. What does that the, mean?
1: Here's the lyrics from how it was used it right down here. I haven't even heard the song. It I says, "Spazzing it on that ass,
0: <laughs> spazz on that ass. Fan me quick, girl. I need my glass, <laughs> bro. We need to start writing raps. What are we doing? we Do You know our time who's even worse
2: than that? You ever read children's books? No, that's they're amazing. like people couldn't make it as rappers, so they write kids' books. <laughs> <laughs> the Gruffalo.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. I
0: can't Let's believe read all those lyrics.
1: Because this, oh well, yeah, it was better before, uh, on top of that. On
0: top it was good. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tip, tip, tip on hardwood floors, 10, 10, 10 across the
1: board. Is this a good song? I've, I haven't heard it, so I don't even know like, the The problem is the I'm, I'm read, you can't I'm read lyrics. It's <laughs> bullshit.
0: <laughs> You're <laughs> an asshole. If you read lyrics, I mean, she has a beautiful voice. Don't but it's play. also it looks, like delivery, play right? Play it. Let's hear it. The song's called Heated. I know and that. did they beep the spaz part out? Spaz on the ass? So I
1: heard she, they're going to go back and correct it. Oh, it's kind of
2: like let's get retarded in here. They let's get it started in here. Uh,
0: (sighs) Let me get to the Archie Bankers rolling over his grave. (laughs) Just give us (laughs) it time. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm hearing That's it. That's not bad. Not bad. That's a catchy song. Spazzing on that ass. <laughs> Have you ever thought that that would be an issue? Imagine you go back and listen to some old NWA kids and get yeah. back to me. Can you imagine thinking that that's a problem? It's unbelievable. Spazzing on that ass, spazz on that ass. And there's like a a social movement going on. Oof. just People are just looking for things to complain about, no matter what it is. I remember when I was
2: younger, still old, but younger, and I didn't know what a hollaback girl meant. And I'm, I went to this chick I was talking to. I'm like, "What? You're not? Uh, you won't? You're not a back, girl?" She's like, "Fuck you, you fucking asshole! How you got?" What something. does it mean? I think it's about like a girl that hooks up with people.
0: Oh, oh, okay. You hollered her. She hollers. I ain't back. no
2: hollerback girl. You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. You hollered her. She hollers I mean, right back. Yeah, right. right. Something like that. Oh, okay, that makes sense.
2: So it's like, I don't even know what's offensive anymore. I've tapped out all that shit. The problem
0: is everybody's got a fucking opinion, and there's always going to be someone out there that finds something you say offensive. Because if you're talking shit like we do, being offensive is part of the thing. Yeah. It's not the whole thing, but occasionally it is. Occasionally you're saying things because they are offensive, because it's funny to say something offensive sometimes.
2: Yeah, and people can get offended. I, I, that's fine. I don't know when being offended became a felony,
0: right? But, but when it gets down to spazzing on that ass, and then you're like, "I am not having this conversation <laughs> This is bullshit. This needs to stop." It, spazzing on that ass. Spazz on that ass. <laughs> that's that's the end of society as we know it. <laughs> this is what we're dealing with. It's pretty catchy. We-
2: it, I mean, it's catchy, but it's like, who is actually upset? So a while ago, like about five years ago, uh, I'm an L.A. Clipper fan. I love the basketball team. And the Clippers were, I think, in Memphis, and they were playing the Memphis Grizzlies. And this Iranian center checked in. And the the announcers, uh, one of the announcers who had been the announcer there for like 30 or 40 years, I think made a joke that, he, that the center could... Uh, have auditioned for Borat, right? One guy sent in an email, and this guy who had been the 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 announcer for thirty or forty years got suspended for two games. One guy sent an email. But did the guy look like Borat? Yeah. So what's wrong with being
0: looking like Borat? He's a fucking beloved character.
2: I don't even know. But one guy got upset by it and emailed the the television station and they suspended this guy for two years. See, when they say cancel culture isn't real, this is somewhat what they're talking about.
0: That's so silly.
2: Because what it is, is it's corporations that act quickly to make it seem like there's consequences. They're
0: panicking. They panic, you know. Right. But they don't all panic. Some of them stand their ground. And a lot of these companies are saying, get out of here. This is nonsense. Leave us alone. It is nonsense. It is nonsense. And especially nonsense in that context, because that was clearly humor. The guy was cracking a joke. The guy looks like Borat. Borat's funny. That's funny. If he looks like Borat, you'll be like, ah! Yeah, right. If I was there and I saw it, I'd be like, ah, he does. Why is that bad? It's I, not negative towards Borat. It's not negative towards him. The fuck is wrong with people? I... One, but the
2: the point was is that one person complained.
0: Borat is the shit.
2: Yeah, it's a great movie.
0: It's the shit. Well, he's a great character. Fucking Sacha Baron Cohen is the shit. One guy. How is that negative? I don't know. Do you man. imagine you can't even say that? <clears throat> so silly.
2: But why would a corporation shut down for one dude, which is getting I don't into this? Like, no,
0: I- it doesn't. It doesn't have to make sense. They're just panicking. They're just scared. They're scared of a boycott. They're scared of their name getting out there. They're scared of it being like they're the person who didn't respond and then a campaign of people come after them. You know, I get it. I get it. If I was a, a corporation and things were shifting this quickly, I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. People are so sensitive now. It's And then COVID was just gasoline. Gasoline on the fire. Gasoline. <laughs> yeah. And now Monkey Box. Did you know that 98% of the people... Who get monkey box get it from unprotected gay sex, and uh. the other two percent are liars. <laughs> that's just a joke, kids. I'm neither a sati- statistician, or uh. Uh, but I do think that that's most of it. I really do. Jokes aside, I think. uh what it, is, it, what is it, like, it? Mostly, what
2: is it? Poppers and ass juice. Is that I what the bad combination? they sex.
0: It's like a thing that it's
2: sh- it's it shingles, dog.
0: But why can't uh, um, bisexual men give it to women? It seems like they could, right? 528 infections diagnosed between April 27th and June 24th, 2022 at 43 sites in 16 countries. Overall, 98% of the persons with infection were gay or bisexual men. 75% were white and 41% had immunologic, immunodeficiency virus Infection, no, HIV infection. The median age was 30, 38 years old. Transmission was suspected to have occurred through sexual activity, and 95% of the persons with the infection. And then again, is five percent were liars. I just, <laughs> and This is case series. Now, now, how bad is it? Like when you get it. See what it says. Common um, systemic features preceding the rash included fever, lethargy, myalgia, headache. Lymphadenopathy, I guess that's like swollen lymph nodes, is that what that is? Oh, Uh, Committance sexually diseased, so, okay. Rash lesions, Mm. mucosal
1: lesions, Mm. genital lesions. Uh. Oh, yes.
0: Man, you get polka dots on your face. So, what do they do to cure it? What do they do to cure that thing? Uh. People are calling out for the vaccine. They're trying to get a vaccine for it, I guess.
2: Yeah, they're already waiting in line for it. So they already have a vaccine for it. Well, there's lines in New York City. You see it. You can see pictures. How long has
0: monkeypox been around for? I
2: don't even know. I didn't even mm-hmm. know there was
0: monkeypox. It's a problem. It is. It's a problem. <laughs> LA's de- declaring a, a state of emergency. California, Gavin Newsom's like, I think they did. State of emergency. I get to keep my emergency How powers. How many cases of monkeypox are there?
1: That said 550,
2: 71. In a, in a state with what? How many millions? 40?
0: 5,800 5, people in California alone or uh, the nationwide?
1: The map. Uh, sorry, the U.S. map. 5,800
0: people have it in the United States. Hmm.
1: One Florida case is listed here but included in the U.K. since the, he was tested in the U.K.
0: So this is current, August 1st. Yeah. Right. 5,811 cases. Wow. My Ma- Montana, Wyoming have zero cases. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. The the fucking manliest people alive. One. They're the manliest fucks since Yellowstone, bro. Yeah. That's fucking Kevin Costner, right? What am I getting? Zero. I ain't
2: about to get fucking Monkeypox, come Or n- nobody's talking.
0: Yeah, he's not
1: getting Monkeypox. A couple bucks. states with just one case. Which then how did they get it?
0: You know, if a cowboy, up, has one. If a cowboy shows up on a ranch from Nebraska, yeah. and all of a sudden you see a blue spot in the middle of Wyoming, <laughs> as <laughs> yeah. we're watching, it slowly turns blue. <laughs> you know what happened? This one badass gay cowboy <laughs> fucks everybody. He just shows up at these ranches, slinging dick and riding ponies. Who? How do you get one case? Who? Do,
2: who gave it to him? Did he give it to himself? Yeah, right. Who is case zero?
1: Yeah. Where where did monkeypox originate from? uh, 23,600 worldwide, according to Monday's numbers. That's Uh, a really really good
0: Snoop Dogg concert. (laughs) (laughs) Had Snoop Dogg at an arena. Uh, 23,600 worldwide, according to Monday numbers from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. The outbreak, first spotted in Europe in late April, has reached 80 countries, the vast majority in nations that hadn't been... Previous, oh, hadn't previously had significant caseloads of the rare viral infection. So it's a rare viral infection. And monkeypox originated, uh, where did it originate from? I uh, oh, uh, like the original. Is this like an old disease? Yeah. Is it? So it's, uh, it's a zoonotic disease, isn't it? A zoonotic? Yeah, a disease that came from animals. Let me see. I think, it, I think it is. I think most of the, the diseases that we have, like the avian flu, and this is another problem with factory farming. They, that, that's one of the things that happens. Like, they jump. Like, uh, pigs will get a disease, and swine flu will jump and, and start infecting people. Oh, my God. Yeah. When I was at the Center for Disease Control with Duncan, we filmed an episode of Joe Rogan Questions Everything There. They scared the fucking shit out of yeah. us. Yeah! Because this is a story. That's where every zombie movie starts, by the way. Me and Duncan ate edibles, and we went to the airport. (laughs) And we got so high, we missed our flight. And not by a little. It had taken off like a half an hour ago. (laughs) So we were stuck in this fucking airport. I mean, interdimensionally traveling. Like, so high. And uh, then we got a flight out in the morning. So we basically stayed up all night till like 6 in the morning. Flew into wherever is that I guess it's Houston. What's outside of Galveston? Anyway, then got a rental car and then drove there So we were giddy. We were silly We hadn't slept and then we were talking to this guy in this fucking laboratory where the walls are as thick as this building of Plexiglass and inside there's people with spacesuits and they're manipulating these fucking viruses They have these these big uh, like vacuum ducts in the ceiling that suck any air any possible particle of a escaped virus out of them it is wild to see so this guy is showing me and he's like inside we 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 have in this facility multiple diseases that could just wipe people out and they're and just, so they're they're just trying to figure out how to you know how, what, how, what makes these viruses function, they're, they're, which gets really um, controversial, right? And, the, and they're um, also trying to figure out how to develop vaccines for them and medications. Like, how do you, you, know, how do you kill it in vitro in a cell culture? There's, they're doing all kinds of tests on them. But this, the scary stuff is when they try to make them better, right? <laughs> That's gain-of-function research. That's right. wild shit. And that's the shit that the Obama administration shut down. Yeah. I believe it was 2014 they shut it down. Did they? Supposedly. But then, you know, the Trump administration came along and according to uh, Josh Rogan, Josh Rogan is a journalist. I think he's for the Washington Post, right? He he was on the podcast explaining it that they restarted gain of function research. Was so Fauci place.
2: wasn't doing that? I thought Obama was part of that, and he was like visiting their, the, those.
0: Well, I think when he visited, he was like, what the fuck are we doing? Really? I think he put the gabosh on it. Let's, let's Google that. I'm pretty <laughs> sure the Obama administration put the gabosh on gain-of-function research. And then it became a question of what exactly is gain-of-function research, right? And that was those arguments. That Rand Paul had with Fauci when they were arguing, you do not, with all due respect, you Gray do Fauci, not know bro. what you are talking about. <laughs> wow! Yeah, and he, uh, they were going back and forth in this very fascinating way. Because the the problem is the term. I almost wish they'd abandoned the term that that Rand Paul had said. Okay, did you or did you not take viruses and make it so they were more, the the more effective. In infecting human beings? And did you or did you not develop them on human lung cultures? Did you or did you not do that? Did you or do, did you not alter viruses to make them more infectious, Deadlier. capable of infecting human beings? Did you do that? Did you, what kind of stuff did you do to viruses? Tell us what you did. <laughs> like, you know, like don't call it gain-of-function research. Let's call it abracadabra. Yeah. What abracadabra did you do to the virus? Perfect term. Did someone do abracadabra? <laughs> did you give someone money to do abracadabra? Forget about gain-of-function. Let's just say this thing where you're manipulating viruses, let's just call it abracadabra. Did, you, did we do that? Did we spend money? Did we spend taxpayers' money? Okay, 2017. On December 19, 2017, the U.S. National Institutes of Health announced that they would resume funding gain-of-function experiments. Right. So this is during the Trump administration. So the moratorium had been in place since October 2014. Right. So that's it. So during the Obama administration in October of 2014, wow. they went, let's stop doing this. At the time, the NIH had stated that the moratorium, uh, in quotes, will be effective until a robust and broad, deliberate Deliberative process is completed that results in the adoption of a new U.S. government gain-of-function research policy. What? (laughs) (laughs) That seems like, read that statement again. Will be effective until a robust and broad deliberative process is completed that results in the adoption of a new U.S. government gain-of-function research policy. So that means they, they, they were planning on restarting it no matter what. That's yeah. what the NIH stated. So they, they were like, until we meet again. it's basically what they said. Just
2: hold on. We'll get the funding. We're so, going to make it
0: happen. The, the crazy thing is, like, now that they've done this and now that this uh, this virus has come, you know, out and, and infected the world, there's still the question of where it came from. And there's still people saying it came from the uh, wet market. Like, they were, I just read an article recently. And I was like, okay, who believes this and who thinks this is horseshit?
2: Have you ever heard of the uh, Spars pandemic simulation? No. It's kind of like Event 201. Have you heard of 201?
0: No. Well, you've never heard of Event 201? Does that have anything to do with New Jersey? No.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know. Where is uh, John Hopkins
0: uh, located?
2: So this is a very interesting one. Okay. This is SARS like...
0: pandemic scenario. What is, what is this... Uh- Center for dot org. This is, this is a, a legitimate website. Yes.
2: Okay. And this is a training exercise based on a fictional scenario. Here's the problem. It basically tells you the game plan that went down, and yeah. it's before we get into this one, we look up event. But to, no, 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 no,
0: no. We were here. Let's okay. Just get to okay. This. okay. 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 Because I just want jump. to set. No, 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 no. Okay. Let's not jump. We, we're here. Okay. okay. Hold on. Hold on, but just let me just establish this. The center's sparse pandemic exercise narrative comprises, comprises rather, a futuristic scenario that illustrates communication dilemmas concerning medical countermeasures that could plausibly emerge in the not so distant future. Its purpose is to prompt users both individually and in discussion with others to imagine the dynamic and oftentimes conflicted circumstances in which communication around emergency, MCM development, distribution, and uptake takes place. Well, that just makes sense because in chaos, in any kind of an emergency, right. it's very difficult to get information out. Right. Okay? But Okay? With All that's logical. While engaged with a rigorous simulated health emergency scenario readers, have the opportunity to mentally rehearse responses while also weighing the implications of their actions. At the same time, readers have a chance to consider what potential measures implemented in today's environment might avert comparable communication dilemmas or classes of dilemmas in the future. Does that makes sense that you would want to have something like that in place? Right, right. So right. where is it bad? So what, what
2: basically gets in is it's a st-
0: it's, if you follow it, it's
2: step by step exactly what happened. Let's see what the steps are. You well, have to go through it now. Uh, real
0: quick, I know you don't want to jump, but if you get into this thing, no, called- no, no, we're not jumping. We'll okay. go. We'll go to that. Okay, but, but for this, so st- if they outlined it step by step, yes, that and is. this is the plan they had in case a pandemic broke well, out. Well, so of course they outlined right, it step by step. But
2: there's also a notion that this is the game plan that they created to follow.
0: Okay, there's that. Okay. There is that argument. That the, the problem with that is that it implies a grand conspiracy to release a virus into the world. Right. I think much more likely the virus accidentally got into the world and then what they had to do was figure out a way to manage people. OK. And they did it by the same ways that they had devised to handle a pandemic if one was to break out. I think it's way more likely that someone did some sloppy shit, especially when you find out that the laboratory where they think it might have emerged from had safety violations in 2018. Like they weren't, these people are not happy doing what they're doing. Like I'm sure they're getting forced into working with fucking viruses. And there's probably some fucking, You know, I mean, you see the way they treat the Foxconn employees. How are they treating the employees at the virus place? Are they tip-top magoo? Is it like Galveston where they're on the spacesuits? Right, right. Or do they have like N95 masks on handling Ebola? What the fuck are they doing? Do we know?
2: You know? It's interesting. It's interesting. My
0: guess, my guess, I'm obviously not an expert, is that it got out and they tried to panic and they tried to contain it and then they tried to lie about it. And then there's a bunch of people that do not, under any circumstance, want to tie it to U.S.-funded research. And when you read stories about, oh, it definitely came from the wet market, they don't have an animal host. They don't. They don't. Yeah. So if they don't- patients patient zero, yeah, right? They don't have that. So if they don't have that, like, they don't really know. There's a lot of guessing, and there, there are legitimate scientists that think it may have come from a wet market. That's legitimate. What about I just don't know if they're correct. The, I, it's, there's a lot of people that don't think so. There's a lot of people that have examined the virus and think that it's been, been manipulated. The problem is I'm too dumb to know. Yeah, I mean, if you're too
2: dumb, what does that make me? Jesus Christ. But my whole thing is... It, here's my
0: whole thing with everything. It, your whole thing with everything by here, Sam yeah, that should be the title that, of your
2: book. That will be my next special. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: it always just seems like this... If, if, if it's just some random event that got out of hand, how come it always seems to fall the same way where the same people get the money and same, and get the, all the power all the time? Because
0: they're the people that already have the money and the power, and they keep keep expanding it. It's a natural human instinct. It's a natural human instinct when you're governing people to try to have as much control over them as possible because you can get shit done. Like That's why people were so angry at Trudeau with that trucker rile, rally because it's a natural human instinct to try to demean those people – and to say that many of them are racist and misogynist, it was a crude way he did it. Like it was a really, clunk- yeah. it was very clunky. Like if you're a leader, you're a leader and this is the way you treat people with no evidence, right? Because he didn't have evidence that they were racist and misogynist. And if how many of them? There's hundreds of them. But that's kind one of the guy? game plan, is it slur two them. Right, right, right. But with no evidence. You're, you're not supposed to do that. If you're a person that people are supposed to look to as a leader, you should be offering evidence why this group is problematic. And evidence with like real research. And you know it for a fact. And you can prove it in court. If you want to say that, you want to say, hey, maybe you didn't know, but there's a bunch of Nazi truckers heading our way. And they really are Nazis. We should know that too. Right, right. right. But you, we're never going to believe you now. So when, when you say that these people are terrible people just because they're protesting against mandates, it means you don't like protests. That's what yeah. it means. You don't want protests. You don't like and questioning that's, power. That's a natural human instinct to try to stop stop the people that are the dissenters. Stop the people that are questioning. Stop the people that are opposing you. Stop them in their tracks by whatever means we can. Investigate them. Find out what they're doing. Cut them off at the pass. You know, you, you have to have... An ability to talk about stuff that you don't like, and protests are a part of that. We just have a different set of rules down here, man. We have the First Amendment. It's a totally different thing, you know. We have this uh, ability to express ourselves that's pretty rare, in terms of like. It the way- really is. Yeah, I mean, other countries are pretty free. This place is really fucking free in terms of the most of the world and anyone who denies that like, I'm not a fan of drone strikes and Unnecessary wars and capitalist agendas that ruin environments. I'm not a fan of any of these things. Let's just be real clear But when you look at it, you gotta look at the big picture this is like the first time over the last like couple of hundred years, that people just generally got along. Where when a boat shows up at your shore, most of the time you don't think they're trying to kill you. Right. It's only been a few hundred years, or four hundred years. You know, I mean, we all fucking Columbus. Read about what Columbus did, bro. <laughs> yeah. Read about what Columbus right. did. Read about what those people did. It's horrific. They were monsters. They were barbarians. They killed babies. They cut people's arms off because they didn't bring back enough gold. There's a, there was a priest that traveled with them and wrote a, he wrote like a journal and they got a hold of this journal they're reading about this guy talking about what the Columbus's men did. Unbelievable. It's scary. So there, there were like sanctioned monsters, you know? And that was most people back then, man. Most, most of those fucking marauders and explorers, they did horrible shit, man. Horrible shit. You know, you read The Empire of Summer Moon and find out what the Comanches did to other Indians. Yeah. Oh, my God. Horrible shit, man. They would capture people, cut their arms and legs off, and then while they were alive, throw them on the fire. Oh. And watch them. And they would laugh and laugh. And they would always fight to the death. Native Americans would fight to death because they didn't believe in captives. Like, if you got captured, you're getting tortured and killed. Like, you might as well fight now. They're not going to, like, put you in a prison, take care of you, and try to fucking prisoner war and give you back when the war is over. No, you're getting murdered. Yep. Slowly and agonizingly. What
2: they, they would, did, to the women was awful. Uh, cut their uh, noses off.
0: Uh, one of the girls was uh, in Empire of the Summer Moon. She was kidnapped. And then when they returned it, they returned her without her nose. And they, they freaked out, went back, and killed a bunch of people. And it's... They brought people to trial. It was just, it's terrifying times, man, where just the ruthlessness of human nature was so awful. And obviously the things that the Europeans did to the Native Americans is awful, too. But the most awful thing they did was give them smallpox, give them diseases. Yeah, that's blankets. What killed, it wasn't even blankets, man. That's, that's apparently a myth, too. They didn't really understand virology back then like that. They just gave it to them. They just gave it to them by being around them. That's what killed everybody in North America. It killed like 90% of the Native Americans. Like when we talk about like the genocide of North American Indians, it's real, 100%. But it's also disease did it too. Disease killed most of them. And that's probably why the fucking Mayan pyramids were left there. That's probably why when you go through the Amazon, when they, they do that LIDAR scan of the Amazon, they find these ancient pathways and structures that indicated grids where cities were. They probably all died off from fucking smallpox. It's wild shit. It is,
2: man. And like the, the the history of man is like, who knows what the real timeline is?
0: I think the timeline goes way back. I think it goes back tens of thousands of years before the Younger Dryas impact. That's what I think.
2: 100%. I think
0: That's- it only makes sense when you sh- see shit like the pyramids and you see some of the really ancient structures like Gobekli Tepe. And you're like, what, What? 12,000 years ago they did this? Like, who did this?
2: And where these pyramids are located, right. ley lines, all that stuff.
0: Just the, the amazing way they have it due north, south, east, and west, and it comes to this perfect peak. Like, you can't make any fuck-ups when you're building a pyramid. And they have some that are fucked up, some that are like kind of bent, (laughs) jacked. But what uh, Graham Hancock thinks is those are the ones where people were trying to imitate the older structures. Just everybody had died off. They lost everybody. Like they got to a very high level of sophistication and then everybody died. It's almost like grizzly bears who move in the houses in Michigan. They're like,
2: this is my cave, (laughs) dog. Exactly.
0: Dude, it's exactly like that. It's exactly like that. Yeah, I used to have a bit about it. We were the children of the idiot stone workers of Egypt, and everybody else died. I—I I was My joke was that the dumb people outfucked the smart people, but I think what it really probably was was some sort of cataclysmic uh, event. I think it happened all over the world, and I only think this because of talking to Randall Carlson and all the physical evidence that he provides when they do the core samples and they find all that iridium at like 12,000 years ago, and, and it, there's another moment too, I think like 10,000 years ago. I think we got fucking blasted with space rocks. I think it killed yeah. most people. And then people had to rebuild. That's what Have I you think. ever heard the Brock saga? You were going to tell me about the 201 thing, though.
2: Okay. I mean, but it gets into that, what I was telling you before. That's okay. I just felt like we had to, like... If you want to get into 201, uh, we can get into that. It was basically... Okay. What is 201? Basically, 201 is a lot like what the thing I was telling you, where these people got together... And they, they just basically role played out what happened if if a giant pandemic came out and scenarios and it just totally matched up to what happened. Now, the only thing, tiny pushback I put, is that you see like laws being passed for COVID before the pandemic actually happens. Within, what do you mean? Like, uh... Certain laws pass to give the government certain uh, um,
0: powers. If uh, and they literally talk Sam, about COVID. Let's pause this right here because I got to pee so bad. Uh, I oh, dr- yeah, I, drank, can I pee too. Yeah, but let's pee because I I drank uh, two giant liquid IVs after getting out of the sauna. All right, okay. we'll be right back. We see that in L.A., man. This yeah. is a drought though in Texas. This is unusual for Texas. Really? Yeah, it usually rains a lot here, which is one of the things that I love. Um, fire's dying down. Okay. It says, uh, Star Flight has been contacted, ac- according to Austin Fire Department, which says the fire is dying down. No evacuations have happened yet. Oh, hold on. Go back to that. It says, low fuels, mulch and bushes, fire dying down. Okay. Fire's dying down. Dude, the craziest thing I do joke about, but the craziest
2: thing is that uh, when in, L- in California, the fires... Where like people like live stream driving through the murder fires. I know. And you're like, what are you doing? It's all for clicks and views. I know. It's like yeah. you're going
0: to die stupid. And people do die like that. They died in not doing uh, live streaming, but died in their cars trapped in fires in northern California. Oh, that one big, giant fire. A lot of people died from fires. I think there was a, a very high number uh, of people that got stuck on this one road. Imagine, yeah, and you're stuck in traffic, and you watch the fire just uh, evaporating the cars in front of you, and you know you can't go backwards, and you can't go forwards, and you're stuck with your family. That's one of the reasons why I had my Land Cruiser made.
2: If you gotta get out.
0: Yeah, I wanted to get in an uh, apocalypse vehicle. Yeah, I respect that, bro. Giant gas tank. Giant gas tank that can drive over, anything a car can drive over, other than like one of them crazy Jeeps that, can, that can articulate. Get that, a militia going, bro. Just yeah, a bro, just a whole group of people, crossbows, guns. I just think you should have something that can drive on a place where there's no road. Yeah. It's a good thing to have in your I stable. I think that's huge, bro. Because yeah. when, when shit went down out here, I have a 1995 Land Cruiser, and I don't know if you know about those. But the Land Cruisers are like some of the most dependable off-road vehicles that have ever been made, and the 95s were the one of the the last models, the 80 series. I have the FZJ80. The What's 80 series. it look series, like? It's it's dope. Icon built it for me. It's silver. It's sweet. It's beautiful. It's dope as fuck. Is this some Batman shit? It looks like a nine, you know, 1995 Land Cruiser. It's just got cool tires on it and great lights. But it's got floodlights, so I could see all kinds of shit with it. But most importantly, these cars have solid axles, front and rear. It's a real off-road vehicle. So you, even though like, most people that bought them used them for like, mall crawling, like, they were used in Afghanistan. They were used in a lot of like, uh, overseas uh, military applications. They're fucking durable as shit. That's why a lot of those guys who came over, like uh, Jack Carr, the guy who wrote The Terminalist, the reason why, if you watch that television show and in the great. book, Chris Pratt's driving a Land Cruiser. He's driving a, a 60 series, 62 series, which is a dope model year. And he's got this like souped up one by the same company. It's an Icon One. You but need something to get out. I think sp- about
2: that in LA all the time, dude. When shit's the fan, everyone's trying to get out. Yeah. If you got a
0: Corvette, you're not going over a hill. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you got to have something you that have can something get you out of here. I know a it's dirt bike or something. Most of the time, you're not going to need it. I know. I know. Most of the time it's so silly to prepare like that and think like that But if you do if you do if you needed to drive over the ground Most people can't do it. There's no you know your your car can't do it and my car can only go to some places You can't go straight up a mountain You can't go there's, where there's no road You're not gonna go but the difference between being able to like when when the snow hit out here. I was having a great fucking time. I was <laughs> on that prepared. Land Cruiser. Fuck yeah, man! That thing just drives like so smooth over snow. It was like, oh, it I was like. I think about that all the time. My truck was like, "We got this, dude. We got this." I think about like
2: if shit's a fan in L.A., how am I going to get my kids out? It's too big. There's too many people. I want to live it's right on the edge of L.A. Yeah,
0: that's when they flood right to you then.
2: Go, leave in LA, they're going to go right I mean, to like, you We got to beat them out bro That's I think
0: You got to live a couple miles outside of a place like LA I mean a couple hours out outside of a place like LA To be able to like have enough time to evacuate when the zombie apocalypse Do you think in.
2: about that with like Austin where you're going to go if you yeah. have to I
0: didn't think about that until COVID I mean I did think about that but not really think about that until COVID when COVID happened, I was like, what if this was way worse? And what if the power grid went down? And what if there was a solar flare that blacked out all communications? And, you know, what if there's an asteroid impact that takes out Chicago and blows our grid to pieces? And there's a nuclear winter because of the fucking.
2: I think about that all the time.
0: That can happen, man. Yellowstone can blow. You know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. <laughs> there's a lot, but the asteroid impact one is one of the most likely. It's happened before, man. It happens all the time. We we are getting at least little tiny ones that are flying through our atmosphere all the time. I think there's like an alarming number that enter into our atmosphere every day, but they're usually small. Like, what is the number of meteorites that enter into our atmosphere? Let's just guess. I I must say, I think it's like a hundred. Really? Yeah. What do you think? A thousand. A thousand every day? Every day? Oh, every day. Every day. Got to be a couple. Uh, I mean. Yeah, about hundred. I'm probably. low ball. I'm low balling saying a hundred, but uh, I, I think it's. I probably thought we get
2: thousands over like a year.
0: I think maybe let's well let's find out. I and think, answer, I think it's more than a hundred. I think I'm, I'm super low balling. How many meteorites
1: enter it to our atmosphere? I it in it. It added together a bunch, so it added together meteoroids, micrometeoroids, and other space debris. An okay. estimated twenty-five million enter every day.
2: 25 mil every day. <laughs>
0: Whoa, that's,
2: that's it's too many just things a space bukaki. But... That's what <laughs> that is. <laughs> ah, uh, this uh, says
0: that earth space is hit by 17. Bukkaki, that should be the name of your next special. <laughs> space bukaki, <laughs> dude. You should do a bit on this, and you should literally name it Space bukaki. <laughs> Oh my God, look at that one. It's estimated that probably 500 meteorites reach the surface of the earth each year. Okay, but less than 10 are recovered. That's interesting. That is because most fall into the ocean, land and in remote areas of the earth, land in places that are not easily accessible or just not seen to fall. They fall during the day. Interesting. Do you know that um, they find a lot of uh, chunks from the moon, meteorites that uh, are apparently they know they're from the moon? They find them in Antarctica.
2: The moon is really interesting, dude.
0: Really interesting. Because,
2: like, it doesn't make sense, a lot of it. Just what people think, make sense? like, the moon why itself? it's there, how it works, what it represents. There are cultures that remember when the moon wasn't there. Yeah, they're probably not right. Okay, hey you know man. They think they, they're they,
0: ancient, bro. Yeah, they're not right. They know how old the moon is. They know how the old the moon is. Like that's one of them theories. It's like it's silly to go that far to think there's cultures that knew when there was no moon. No, they don't, dude. There's they some didn't. weird energy it with the moon. It stabilizes our atmosphere. It stabilizes like a lot of things about uh, like the the, the moon is uh, what is it one quarter size of the Earth, right? Isn't it? It's an energy collector, bro. It's one six Earth's gravity, but is it one quarter size of the Earth? How big is the Moon? I think it's less than that. I think the Moon's interesting, bro.
1: I think it's less than
0: a quarter. Size. I think
2: I think it's an energy collector. Oh, okay. And uh, Pac Man is about the Moon.
1: <laughs> less than a third the width of Earth. I don't know. Oh, that's a lot bigger than I thought. Is a it third. I'm. I. I, I am third the width of Earth, really. It gives back a lot of different answers for the way that you say how big is the moon.
0: So the prevailing theory, I believe, is that the moon was formed when Earth was hit by another planet. A radius of uh, 1,080 miles, the moon is less than a third of the width of Earth. If uh, Earth were the size of a nickel, the moon would be about as big as a coffee bean. The moon is an average of 238,855 miles away. Earth is four times bigger than the moon, moon is more than one quarter, 27% the size of the Earth. Wow, so it's more than 25%. A much larger ratio than any other planets and their moons. So what they think is that Earth, they have, um, I think the theory is Earth One and Earth Two, and that Earth One was the original Earth, and this was like the early formation of Earth, and then Earth was hit by another planet, because back then shit was wild. Yeah, it was wild out there. By the way, that's not that long ago. Earth is only like four point something billion years old, right? And the universe is like ten billion, almost ten billion more than that, for what we know. So it's crazy. Like the universe is around for ten billion. I can't even think about it. years. Like roughly. what was the what, what, what happened the
2: moment before the universe showed up? What was there? Right. What was there? Dude,
0: these meat suits can't ha- can't calculate can't that it. shit. Well, that and the idea of infinity is too much. Yeah, we can't. We we can pretend that we can understand it, but it's not really.
2: I think these are sumo meat suits, right? Like, kind of like when you go to a
0: party and you're, you're like
2: doing those yeah. suit. And they're meant to limit our ability that to understand certain thoughts for, re-
0: for, uh, for reason for on purpose.
2: Yeah, because we're here for karma.
0: Well, isn't it? Oh, what?
2: Yeah, dude, we're, we're here. Because I, of karma? I believe we're here. This is a realm of karma, and we're here to figure something out. Really? Yes, that's my honest belief. Huh. And this, like, dude, these meat suits are purposely made to, to limit our capacity to figure stuff out so we don't just Superman this shit or the boys it. So we have to go through and we have to learn this thing. And I think we live multiple lives. It gets into this thing about abundance versus scarcity. And I think we live multiple lives until we get it right.
0: And I've heard that, ex- that that thought is an old thought. A lot of people believe that, including Alio uh, Gracie. Like the grandfather of the Gracie clan, the, I do believe it. He believed that he believed you live your life over and over again until you get it right. I
2: think we're taught scarcity as children that there's only limited this and limited that, and it puts fear into us instead of that. There's enough for everybody, and the more you give away, the more, more it comes back to you. And like we you only live once, blah blah blah. That's pounded into us. So I think that we have multiple lives.
0: That's interesting. You're you're like kind of almost like back engineering it. Hey, man, before- I try to look at it from, like, ancient times to today. You know, what we know about ancient times versus today, like, what is going on? And I, I think did. I think people had – I think if you look at the impact theory and the concept is that people were super advanced, they built all these giant structures, and then something happened, mm-hmm. and then they had to rebuild. Yep. It almost kind of makes sense because – You have people that are like super intelligent but they're acting like fucking total psychos like like people would if it was like a mad max scenario and then it eventually evolved be less of a mad max scenario like and then you know it became just kings and monarchs and ruling over people and famine and disease and occasionally witches and But it all, like the reason why people are so fucking smart and why none of it makes sense is because we we did have a a certain level of sophistication at one point in time that we don't have anymore.
2: Yeah, I I think history is a giant lie. I think we're told a lot of history that we know isn't exactly what went down.
0: I think you know. There's a whole bunch of stuff
2: when pieces start coming together. You're like,
0: "Whoa!" How do these conversations go with Callen when you guys do? Oh,
2: it's the best, bro! <laughs> Conspiracy just, theory, oh, social. Yeah, club. yeah. It does that?
0: He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't believe in all, but
2: you know, he's a great guy. I love oh, him the to death and I love him to pieces and it's a fun show. I think if he gr- believed right. in anything, it would just be another conspiracy show. But the fact that I always used to love the old, um, the old debate show, William F. Buckley, where yes. they'd show up in suits and verbally annihilate Firing each other. Line, right? Firing like, line. Yeah. yeah. And I always wanted to do that. And so when, when, you know, Callan's like, let's do a show, I'm like, Okay, let's do it and that's the it's the number one debate show between binary men, okay? We just we just kinda go at each other. <laughs> right. And it works. And I, I just enjoy it. He doesn't want he believes in some stuff he doesn't want to believe, but that's why the show's great. And yeah. I enjoy it. I love hidden history. Uh I kind of started getting into it when this uh, author, Matt LaCroix, came on my podcast. He told me about all the pyramids and how like all the pyramids around the world have such similar architecture and design and how they're on all these ley lines. Then I had this woman who kind of helped change my life. Her name's Von Galt. She's a Buddhist um, uh, author, and she was saying the same thing, but in a spiritual way. And I go, wow, the man, we got science over here saying this and then spirituality saying this. Maybe there's something to it. And it's just about all kind of like the Anunnaki and stuff like that, whether you want to get into that. But I believe we have a <laughs> long, long history of of that we've been lied to about how really special we but, are. But
0: wait a minute. Have we been lied to or yeah. are we all trying to figure it all out? This is the problem that I have with a lot of conspiracy theorists is that they want to think that someone... In every, every facet of life, someone has it completely under control and knows exactly what it is and why we're here. Okay. What's wrong with that is that everybody started off as a baby. Everybody that's alive today started off as a baby. Yeah. And they started off as a baby fairly recently. Yeah. You know, so I don't think they know. I don't think it's possible. I think you'd have to be alive back then to really know what the fuck is up. And even if you believe... Even if you 100% believe, you don't know for sure. Even if you believe in some wacky skull and crossbones fucking scroll that they pull out where they tell you how the earth was formed and that the Anunnaki are coming, you got to be prepared and you got to suck a dick with a Polaroid (laughs) because we have to have evidence on you. What do you mean
2: it's not working the The camera? The only
0: way we can do this is you got to suck a dick on camera. (laughs) You know, that's like, even if you believe all that, I think you don't know. And I think that's the reality of being a person. I don't think there's any all-knowing, all-wise person that's evilly running the the world through strings, like like a puppeteer. I think it's more likely a bunch of people that have amassed mass wealth and power, and they're trying to maintain that in any way, shape possible. And that doesn't leave a lot of time for exploring the origins of mankind and then conspiring to keep it from the plebs.
2: I, I, I agree with a lot of that. Okay. The only pushback I have is when we take a look at, like, let's say how Canada treated the indigenous people, right? So they went in there and they kind of made these deals with people. And then what they did is they shipped their, their children off to schools away from the adults and the elders. And that made a disconnect. Well, they did that here, too. Yeah, and, and it makes a disconnect from your heritage. Yes. I, and I think that's a big, big issue with the black community that was done to them. They never really were told how powerful they truly are. And like that we mistake this thing, culture, for heritage. And uh, heritage isn't, your culture is not heritage. Your heritage is much different. And your heritage is a, your lineage th- through you, your people, through time. And that allows you to get a running start in life.
0: Right, and we're trying you, to erase their heritage. Yes, yeah, so that's right. what that's what they did in, in, to the Native Americans too, and in they North did to America. the Black community as well. Yeah. That is a, a a common theme in cultures when they take over another culture. Right, they they make them assimilate to their laws and their gods and their way of living. Yeah, with the Native Americans, one of the things that was most demoralizing for the men was they cut cut all their hair off. You know, they would shave their heads. They'd you know give them buzz cuts. And I was reading this book one of i think it's black elk speaks i think it's that one um about this guy going through that whole system and being uh alive during the time when the native americans roamed the plains where they were and being right there when they all got when it all got taken down destroyed and being alive when like um sitting bull like uh that whole um little bighorn thing went down they killed uh all those uh, Americans fucked up, and they came in. There was a giant super camp of Native Americans yep. that have come together in union, like for the first time ever, and they slaughtered them. This guy was alive when all that happened, oh my God. and then went on to be, you know, captured by the system and have to live on a reservation and the whole deal. And these uh, people that tell these stories about th- those times, it's—I mean—it's no wonder why so many Native Americans are alcoholics and mm. stuck on these reservations and these in horrible poverty like the whole thing was atrocious it's it's like it's a terrible moment in history when you uh, you think that that is how history was done over and over and over again yeah. like this is like We're what we're dealing with with today with everybody being woke and super sensitive and over crazy is still way better than living you know as a plains indian in the 1800s and having all this shit happen to you like All the things that are happening in society, even if they're questionable and even if they're problematic, at least for most people, are moving in a better direction. Most people, I mean, even people that want to be woke, like, why do they want to be woke? Like, what does that mean? Well, they want to be the most sensitive, the most inclusive, the most kind. So, like, their intentions are probably good. And then they get crazy with it. And then some people are like hyper aggressive with it. Like, you know, the, the few percentage on each side. Right. Whether it's the right wing people that want yep. to take down the Capitol yep. or the left wing people that want to light the Capitol building on fire because, you know, you're not supporting trans women's rights to right. have babies right. And, right. in the right. bathroom at Kmart. Like, you know, you're whatever the fuck. TikTok dancing for gay Ukrainians get pregnant. yeah, right, or Something like that. U- U- Ukrainian men. <laughs> to have so, abortions? Yeah, no, whole, 100%. Thing, it's like we're moving in a good direction. It's just, I don't really believe that there's a mastermind behind it all. I think there's people that capitalize on weakness and vulnerability. And during COVID, obviously, we were very vulnerable and, and the economy became very weak. And those are very dangerous uh, scenarios for people that are used to capitalizing on moments when society is weak and divided and moments of economic strife, moments when they can control markets and control industries. and figure out how to profit the most and how to eliminate certain competitors. You know, it's all scary shit, man, because economics does play a factor in how they make decisions that can affect the vast majority of us. And the people that are profiting off of these decisions, It's, it's a fucking relatively small amount of people. Small group of people, man. Like, here's a question. Who owns the fucking oil in the ocean, and why do you get it? Who Who gets it? Who gets to pump that stuff? Isn't that the world stuff? Yeah. Like, how do you own that? You don't own that part of land. Like, you can't own the ocean, right? The ocean is international waters, right? right. Like, how many yards from the shore are they allowed to pump and say, like, this is California's oil? <laughs> like, like at, what no, at what point in time do they decide? At what point in time? I mean, I'm sure there's probably a law, but at what point in time do they decide that that's someone can own that? Because if you're going to sell oil that you got out of the ocean, like, first of all, you should give us a piece, because sometimes you guys fuck up and it ruins the beach.
2: Well, I don't right? even know why when they fuck up, we gotta pay for it. That's like going to a restaurant and they're like, hey, the cook fucked up your chicken. It's going to be another five bucks. Someone's You're like, what? Pay
0: for it. Oil companies post record earnings, a sky-high <laughs> Yeah, <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> They're posting record earnings while the fucking ga- uh, That's weird that they would charge a lot for gas and make a lot of money. That's yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Wow, what business model is that? 8.5 the best billion one? dollar profit for BP as prices soared during the Russia-Ukraine war. Wow. The world is ablaze, and the oil industry just posted record profits. Is it us or them? He's <laughs> like, "Hey, is that a dick in my ass or a finger? I just want to know what is happening." It, it's 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 not. Have you started I also to fuck
2: don't me? Th- I also don't think there's a limited supply of oil. I think it replenishes itself, and you make it a, you make it seem like, oh, dude, we might run out. We might run out. We got we got to jack it up a little bit."
0: It doesn't take a long fucking time to replenish. Yeah, I mean, it might, yeah. I mean, I think the idea is that it replenishes itself, but the idea is that the supply might outstrip the demand. I don't think anybody's questioning whether or not the world will make more oil. I think the question is how much does it make, how long does it take to make enough that we need to drive, you know, fucking... One of them badass Mustangs. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
2: isn't that why they called it fossil fuel forever? Because it was right. like the notion
0: that it was from dead dinosaurs, which was hilarious. I, I think it was, I think that's a misnomer. I think they think it's more dead plant material. I think it's decaying plant material, if, I've, if I remember correctly. See if that's the case. I don't think there's enough dinosaurs. I think that was just like a silly way of thinking about it. I don't think they think, I think it's a bunch of bio or organic matter. A natural fuel such as coal or gas formed in geological past from the rem- remains of living organisms. But what kind of organisms? Yeah, is what it kind mostly, of Is it mostly just fossil fuel? Just Google fossil fuel is mostly plants.
2: Plants and animals. And okay. animals.
0: Dead plants and animals that is extracted. And Dead but this, dinosaurs. I would imagine there's way more uh, animals than plants.
2: Yeah, what is the process I don't remember about? where
0: I read that. But you
2: remember it was like peak oil is going to come. We're all in trouble. You're like, what? But decomposing, that's why.
0: What... Mm, fuck! I was gonna tell you something. I forgot it. <laughs> Decompo- uh, sorry, decomposing plants and animals. God damn it! What was I gonna tell you? Fuck! I had it. It was a good one too. I'll probably remember it in a moment. God I think de- it's interesting, dude.
2: I think uh, I. I don't know. It's if it's one. I think there's a lot of group of people, but I think. There is a push to not allow us to know how special we are, and
0: that that really is a big part of what's everything going on. And I think they really are doing that on purpose, or do you think they're not thinking about that? Do you I think, think they're, they're just they thinking are. about trying to make a lot of money.
2: Uh, again, by- I think it's a spiritual war, and it's being done purposefully. I could be wrong. I've been wrong about uh, f- yes. the
0: first forty-eight years of my life. So, listen, I could- it's an interesting theory. We should explore it. You don't have to have any. I- I mean, I get it. You could be wrong,
2: <laughs> which I'm fine with. You get used to it after a while. Yeah. Um, I, I just like when you study. Like, there's this book called "Murder by Injection," and it, it was talking about uh, how the um, uh, Rockefellers and what they did to the uh, the medical, the, the healthcare industry, and what the Rockefellers did. Doing, yeah. What they do? Well, they basically pumped all this money into the American Medical Association which basically became this kind of like uh, it became the standard for the government's policies on uh you know health but in reality it was more like a, just an organized crime family what that dude study this stuff they like dude they you know what the weirdest thing is is they wage
0: war on on the chiropractic community. Oh, but that's probably a good thing. Hold, let's let's go to this first. Murder by injection, the story of a medical the medical conspiracy. Against America, paperback, um, 391 ratings and five stars. The present work, result of some 40 years of investigative research, is a logical progression from my previous books, the Exposé of International Control of Monetary Issues and Banking Practices in the United States, a later work revealing that the secret network of organizations through which these alien forces <laughs> wield political power, the secret committees, foundations, and political parties through which their hidden plans are implemented, and now the most vital issue of all—the manner in which these depredations affect the daily lives and health of American citizens—despite the great power of the hidden rulers. I fa- oh boy, this guy. Yeah. This is a run-on sentence from a guy that's on Adderall, son. <laughs> this guy's on the good shit. He's on that. I, I need to write a book right now. This is crazy. There's no, it's a there's great no book. So you,
2: you get into that, but, and then the other book is I'm sure you know about is tragedy and hope, and it's
0: but, like. But let's let's explore this. So what do you think happened with with the the medical community? So basically
2: they did? the Rockefellers created the basically funded the AMA to basically almost make it so it was impossible unless you played ball with them to get anything and get any funding going to be seen as legitimate and they controlled it through that and they ran out any holistic medicine or anything like that that was wasn't involving a pill or the pharmaceutical companies or anything like that now i'm going to be honest with you i'm not I'm not explaining it as well as it
0: should be, but no. that's exactly- don't <laughs> don't be hard on yourself. You're doing an amazing job. You should be in front of Yale right now. <laughs> the only way I'm going to be at Yale is if I'm a custodian. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but basically, they basically took over everything, defined. Have with us a very. What is that, Jamie? You got something? Nope, that guy oh. could be
0: at Yale. He's something he super like, important. He seems very important. It was
2: interview um, with
1: the author, I was but. Oh, okay.
2: He basically—they basically—I
1: don't. I have no way of knowing yet.
2: Came. They basically took over and became the
0: the governing body of how the the healthcare and medical communities operated. But doesn't somebody have to be the governing body? Don't they have to make sure that people don't get sold snake oil and, and, and fake medicine? Which because is really great. always had done that throughout history, right?
2: 100%. Right?
0: But then th- that could easily be manipulated to go the other way so that you are
2: buying snake oil and you are buying these things that maybe aren't the most healthiest for you when there's healthy, op- opportun- healthy options out there that maybe someone can't make as much money off
1: of. I will, uh, there's certainly... Check Always here. Okay, Sorry. go ahead, please. This is the author of the book. I believe. With his him. Wikipedia. I believe him. Sem- look at him, look look his face. God.
0: Oh, here we go with anti-Semitism. I'm just saying
1: this. This is what the Wikipedia says he is. He's an
0: American white supremacist, anti-Semitic, uh, conspiracy theorist, propagandist, oh. Holocaust denier. Oh, oh God. Holocaust denier. <laughs> okay. Oh, and writer. Hmm. A oh, discipl- okay. A disciple of the poet Ezra Pound. I don't know who that is. But hold on. Um, in which he alleges that several high-profile bankers had conspired to write the Federal Reserve Act for their own nefarious purposes, and then included Congress to... And then what? No, not included. Enacted into law. law. The Southern Poverty Law Center described them as uh, a one-man organization of hate. The problem is the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, didn't they have a similar designation for Sam Harris? Like, Wasn't there like an issue where they called him uh, an anti They called him something. Something. I don't want to put words in their well, mouth. Well, you know But there it... was like a real issue with like multiple people being accused of horrific offenses by them that they've been sued. They've sued people Or people have sued them, rather.
2: Well, if you look at ESG, right, which is environmental, social, governance, that is basically a new branding of what they call cultural Marxism. And if you look up cultural Marxism, it will say it's
0: anti-Semitic. So here, hold on a second. This guy wrote that he espoused anti-Semitic views and expressed the belief that America owed a debt to Hitler. Jesus. Yeah, you might want might want to look into these. But that guys. doesn't change, <laughs> <laughs> Sam. It you know, does change. It changes a lot. Oh. It changes the only source that you have for this wacky fucking theory. No,
2: I mean a, there's a, there's other books. I just haven't read I know, them. But yet. why
0: is it so exciting for you to think that that's true? That that, that 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 that's the case instead of that people are messy and that the American Medical Association was trying to figure out a way to govern and figure out what's what what's real, what's not real and have high standards in terms of what medications they accept and what physicians they accept. And then along the way, money compromises that. Right. And then people start denying the use of certain medications because they're not profitable and pushing and propagandizing towards right. other medications right. and right. maybe not even also being deceptive and inaccurate about test results because they want to achieve a desired result that will be more profitable. Now, that's been proven to be true. Right. That's been proven to be true with Vioxx. By right? who,
2: like the CDC, right? And well,
0: I mean, this is like the, in
2: court. The, w, the WHO and all that. that, that's simply the same thing I'm saying is just a modern day version of it, but, whether but you take not. the CDC this, or the a- AMA.
0: Sort of. But what I'm saying is that the roots of it were not this nefarious plot to imprison Americans. The roots of it were most likely that they were trying to figure out what is legitimate medicine and what is not legitimate medicine. And that along the way, then nefarious people can compromise the system that's already in place for profit if they have some sort of a, a power system that allows them to dictate who gets funded and who doesn't. That is provable. Okay. That's real stuff.
2: I, I And I totally agree with that, but I think that, that could be applied. That, that guy might be- Well, out. a broken clock could be right twice a day, right? <laughs> I mean, like somebody could say some stupid right. shit. Or it might be he's out of his fucking mind. It can be, but I think there's a history that he just illustrated. And I could be wrong, and I'll take an L on that But for why sure. do you
0: believe that there's a history of them manipulating stuff? And Because- uh, um, what, why do I believe that? Because yeah. you
2: could do research into it and see what they're doing. I
0: mean, if we just take a look what what's going on right now. Well, right now, I think, goes to back to what we were talking about before, that certain... People do get compromised by right. the thoughts of profit, right. and right. whether it's uh, p- people that are at the head of pharmaceutical companies that are pushing some new medication that's going to be very very profitable, or you know whether it's the people that decide to fund certain research and not sun- fund other right. research, or rig studies, or uh, also like throw out bad studies. The thing is, it's not transparent. You know, if they do like 10 studies, and they can do 10 and throw out eight, and find two of them that show a good result, and they can say, we got a good result. And the way they can describe these results is like really sneaky. And this is what they get busted for. And this is why we found out that they lied about uh, opiates being addictive when they were pushing Oxycontin and Oxycodone and all that shit. I mean, there's there's a direct paper trail. It shows they were deceptive. You know, and this is what they've done. Like big corporations have done this forever. Have
2: you seen what is it called? Dope. Is that what dope the, sick?
0: Dope I haven't sick. Seen I haven't seen you it. You haven't seen no. it. Everybody oh, tells you me it's sick. I have to I watch mean, it in a good way. Sick it is way. the
2: it is the exact playbook yeah. that they ran.
0: Well, that's about the opiates, right? Right. Yeah, that's real. But,
2: so that's my whole opinion. Like maybe yeah. that guy's a, a, a an idiot, and I hate anybody who is like this group is that doing this. I don't right. think it's like a born in group or anything like that.
0: But I do believe people conspire. I th- I think they do too. Right. This is where you and I uh, share. But I'm trying to look at it like objectively. Right. The problem with conspiracies and conspiracy theories is they're fucking fun. Yeah. i love them yeah i love bigfoot and ufos yeah. and ghosts and hitler Earth. i love hearing all this crazy shit like hitler was conspiring with demons and what called magic bro like, i mean also like that maybe hitler lived and moved to argentina how about that you don't play you know that? that one? Oh, i don't know I, I tim kennedy was the one who uh filled me in on that and and everybody goes that's crazy do you folks know that there is a giant thriving German community in Argentina and some of them have fucking like this is grandpappy like it's an SS soldier wearing his fucking uniform yeah. on the wall of their house like Tim Kennedy described going to these places and seeing these people they have Oktoberfest down there have you ever seen that yeah bro it is a fact
2: okay I got a bunch a of Nazis
0: escaped Nazi Germany and went to South America right I don't I mean, think, I think the Nazis lost the war I think Germany lost the war this is Oktoberfest in uh, Argentina. How nuts is that? That is nuts. It's nuts. There's that many Germans down there. Look at these people. They got the lederhosen. <laughs> yeah, dude, they got is the that fucking crazy. They got the old school dress and the bagpipes and shit. That's wild. That dude. is secret German village in the middle of Argentina. Like, bro. Now now Google this. Did Nazis escape Germany and move to Argentina? That whole uh, Now, you got to remember also, 1947, you, the way you get information is books and newspapers. Right. That's it. You know? In, Argenti- in Argentine haven for fug- the fugitive Nazis Jesus, one more time. In Argentine haven for fugitive Nazis, April means chocolate eggs and Hitler parties. <laughs> 20 years after the capture of Eric How do you say his name? prebeck <laughs> in some Baralosh are trying to come to terms with the city's legacy of silence. How do you say that word? Baralosh? Some in Baralosh? So, most likely, that's what that is. Do you think that's crazy? Have you ever seen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go back up to the top. Well, no, no, no. Scroll to the first paragraph. What does it say here? A little boy, Hans Schulz, the blue-eyed son of a Hitler youth member would walk uphill half a block each afternoon from the German school to his white stucco house in the Argentine ski resort of barloche, steps from an icy lake hugged by Andean peaks. Inside, he'd often find his dad, the president of the town's German-Argentinian Culture Association, sitting with his vice president and close friend, an austere, well-respected delicatessen owner named Eric Priebeke. This is wild shit, man. Yeah, dude. Scroll scroll down a little further. Does it say anything else that's oh, notable? That's yeah, it's very not. Very. Oh, hold on a second. Hold Here we go. Last October, Prubiké died in Rome, where he spent his final years under house arrest, serving a life sentence for his role in carrying out the massacre of 335 civilians at the Ardietine Caves in 1944, when he was a captain in the Nazi SS. But from 1946, when he was smuggled to Argentina, until 1994, when the TV journalist Sam Donaldson confronted him, on a Barlow, I hope I'm not fucking up that word. Barlow Street, Pripake lived a comfortable, if fabricated, life in this bavarian styled city at the bottom of the world. Holy shit,
1: dude! When I looked into the Operation Paperclip, when they just there were there was a <clears throat> they didn't all come to America. Some went to Russia, some went else. They went elsewhere. Have you ever like looked into Huntsville, where, Alabama?
0: That's wild, though. That's wild.
1: No, what? I haven't looked into
0: Huntsville, Alabama. What's Huntsville, oh. Alabama? What? Dude, yeah. they have uh excited. I've seen it. it. I know where he's going
1: with this.
2: Yeah. Tell me. Dude, they have an arena named uh, after a Nazi. Von Braun. Like in and, a and, and, uh, huh. Oh, you mean Werner von Braun? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting one, right? That's a really interesting Wern, one. Werner von Braun, who was the um Can head I do a joke NASA? for you real quick? Yeah, okay. Please. please.
2: A Nazi, a Scientologist. No, a Nazi a Nazi, a Scientologist, a pedophile, and a um, a Nazi. You want some I don't time? a Satanist Let's walk try into it a bar. Beginning. Okay. Take it for a, the time. A Ready? Nazi, a Satanist, a pedophile, and a Scientologist walk into a bar. What do they do? What do they do? Invent NASA.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> the horrible story of NASA is that NASA was uh, constructed with uh, people from Operation Paperclip, which was Nazi scientists, like not just people that were working under Nazi Germany, but people actively practiced as Nazis. The Simon Wiesenthal Center, Google this, make sure it's true, because I keep saying it. At one point in time, the Simon Wiesenthal Center, I believe, said that if Werner Von Braun was alive today, they would prosecute him for crimes against humanity. Because yeah. people claimed that he had hung the five slowest Jews in front of his rocket factory in Berlin. That, that's how it would encourage people to work faster. Oh my god. Now that part, I don't know if it's true, so we should probably find that out or edit it out. But I've said it so many times. <laughs> 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 I know I've read it. I know I read it and I know I Well, uh, you're not watched, pushing
2: it. books by anti-smack so you look good on this. I subject. know I
0: watched a documentary where a guy who is a um, a concentration camp survivor remembered seeing Werner von Braun at the uh, at the camps or at the um, at the rocket factory. But that that's a that's, it's a fact that they used Jews as slave labor. It's a fact, right? Yeah,
2: and it's tragic.
0: And it's it's scary shit that they brought those people over and they knew they were Nazis, and they also had those um, dueling scars in their face.
1: This is the Wiesenthal center's what does it say? article about the u s and Nazis and right it says this was an interesting part. Of it.
0: The United States record on this issue can basically be divided into four periods. During the first, which lasted from the end of the war in 1945 until approximately 1948, the U.S. government played a major role in the prosecution of senior Nazi officials at the Nuremberg Trials and of other criminals in additional proceedings, some of which were held in former concentration camps during the second period from 1948 until approximately 1953. The exact opposite happened. With the Cold War already underway, the U.S. lost interest in actively pursuing Nazi war criminals preferring to build up West Germany as a bulwark against communism and therefore adopting a far more lenient attitude towards former Nazis, some of whom were enlisted as intelligence sources or rocket scientists. Their criminal Nazi pasts ignored. Equally appalling was the fact that during these years US immigration authorities allowed entry into the United States as refuge to thousands of the worst of Hitler's East European henchmen. That's true. That's scary shit, dude.
1: The Nuremberg scroll trial. Scroll,
0: scroll up. Scroll up. Look at this. Holocaust crimes, however, could not be prosecuted in the United States as they had not been commit, as, as they had been committed overseas and their victims were not Americans at the time of the crimes were committed. So instead, Nazi criminals were prosecuted for immigration and naturalization violations, that is, for concealing their wartime past. <clears throat> Although it appeared to be a cop-out of sorts when announced, the decision yielded relatively successful results. The good news was that it was relatively easy to win such cases compared to war crimes prosecutions. The downside was that the punishments... Denaturalization and deportation were often grotesquely incommensurate with the crimes. And what is does it say anything about Werner von Braun?
1: That's, I didn't get anything specifically about him. But but, but just Google
0: <clears throat> Werner von Braun was a Nazi. Let's see that.
2: Uh, well, I mean, they, they would talk about for like the longest time up until almost the '80s or early '90s. Like in Huntsville, you weren't allowed to talk about how he was a Nazi. You'd have to be, because everyone was like convincing themselves like he didn't want to do it and stuff like that.
0: Think about those times, man. Think about 47, where, you know, when they were doing all this, or 48, when they are bringing all these guys over here. How would anybody find out? How would anybody find out that the head of NASA was a fucking Nazi? His Nazi record was not widely known until after his death. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, we did not know what he did. (laughs) Yeah. We had no idea. Yeah, Huntsville, Alabama. Werner von Braun received an unpleasant surprise. A West German court asked him to testify in the trial of three former SS men from the Mittelbau Dora concentration camp, which had supplied slave labor for the production of the V 2 ballistic missile. Von Braun had been the technical director of that project and visited the associated Mittelwerk factory a dozen times. Now the head of the center that managed the gigantic Saturn V moon rocket. He was afraid the attendant publicity would damage his reputation and that of NASA. He tried to beg off, but in the end spoke to the judge and the court at the West German consulate in New Orleans on February 7th, 1969. He denied any personal responsibility and put as much distance as he could between his say that word, (laughs) pinnermünde <laughs> Rocket Development Center and the middleware Complex. Yeah, man,
2: Whew. it's crazy.
0: That's wild shit, crazy. dude. Crazy. The military did the same with von Braun's SS officer rank and Nazi records of more than a hundred associates who had come to the U.S. with him. Wow. Jesus Christ. But the, you know I, I guess they felt like we were in the cold war with Russia and we have two choices either lose the war because the Russians get the Nazis or we get the Nazis. Like that's some shit that you have to do. And it sounds horrible. And it is horrible. But so's war. And so's losing a nuclear war to the Russians, right? And if these motherfuckers are making weapons and 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 fucking superior jet engines and all kinds of crazy shit that the Germans were doing. And making rockets they were very advanced with rocketry those crazy motherfuckers they had to grab them that's what's sick what's sick is it was probably the thing to do yeah. because if the if russians got all of them can you imagine if the russians got all the nazis said come <laughs> on over here we got you we got you bro what do you want i want a palace hey you got your fucking palace, set man. them up you, you want some uh, hot russian ladies keep company with you while you're designing uh, the next uh fucking apocalypse v- weapon it's gonna destroy everything. Let's get I've all the greatest fucking scientists that you got. Come have on Have you ever over.
2: heard of Tataria? Tataria. You You've know, never heard of
0: Tataria? Oh, I it's like I love favorite. this. Okay. Sam is always. He's always. <laughs> I
2: don't want to get too weird on you. I guess we already did, but yeah, we're, um, we're three we're
0: too weird, son.
2: There's this belief that there's been a uh, a hidden empire wiped from our our history books
0: and it's Tataria. When was it around?
2: It was it was a shipping empire that was around up until maybe the 1800s. What? Yeah, and that where was it? it? was wiped out of the history
0: books. And what? I love the I, oh, I love it. Sounds exciting. Where did they wipe it out of? Where was it supposedly? Out of Russia. It was Russia? Yeah, it was out of
2: Russia and it was like a very advanced and have you looked into this? Yeah, of course.
0: As much as you looked into that guy being a Nazi? Well, I didn't look at I li- I read his book. <laughs> I did I, yeah. <laughs> Okay, here it is. Tatari. T- 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 mm. tar-
2: Tatari look up Tatarian Empire. Tataria. There it start, is. Asia Tataria. Well, before we get into that, have you ever looked into like Oh wait a minute. They seem to say it's real.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that was a real place, Sam. Yeah. Someone said, like a UFC fighter said, he was from Tataria. Maybe there's hard fucking people in that part. Oh of the world. yeah, dude. Let's uh, see what it says. What is uh, what is Tataria uh, about? about it. It's
1: talking about it's a. Uh,
0: is there an article that doesn't look like it? the problem with Wikipedia <laughs> is my eyes suck. I can't read it. Um,
1: goes with the conspiracy theory. Sure. Okay. That's Grand the fun shit. Grand Tataria. Lost lander or civilization originated in Russia. Um,
0: with aspects first appearing in Anatoly Formenko's...
1: New chronology, and then popularized in the racial occult history of Nikolai Lavashov. Russian pseudoscience, known for its nationalism. is presented as the real name for Russia, which was maliciously ignored in the West. But it also says it's a deep... Oh, shit.
2: But it's basically that there is this
0: shipping empire... That went all over the world. Imagine if you're on the beach in the Maldives and you see some hard-ass-looking Russian gangster with Tataria tattooed on his back. Yeah. You're like, oh,
2: you're like, no. fuck, bro.
0: I got to get out of
1: here. One of the
2: cho- But they're also known to be
1: giants, dude. This is the... Uh... <laughs> The Great Pyramids and the White House are remnants of Tatarian buildings. Dude,
0: that's the crazy thing, and man. And the White House? Yeah. Well, as long as it's the White House too, now I believe. Also Penn Station. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking or the about? The original sale? Penn Station in New
1: York. Have how you ever looked into too? the
2: conspiracies involving the World Fair, of the, like the Chicago World Fair? And yeah. how, how like so they basically said they built this World Fair right. in like 2 years, and if you ask actual architects they would go just the design would take 15 years and to build it would take forever and they said that they built in two years and then knocked it all down bang gone what 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 did it look like Mm -hmm. it's like the conspiracies of the world fair it looks like the vatican
0: so this is what they built and then they knocked it all down they said they built all this in
2: two years whoa they built that in two years that's what they said And then
0: they knocked it all down. What? Okay. We're going to have to dive into this one. (laughs) Because did they really knock it all down? Yeah. Why would they do that? This is in Chicago? Yes. So they built all this and then they demolished it? Yep. What remains of the 1893 Chicago World's Fair today. So why did they do that?
2: Are you asking me?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Because they're erasing history. Why would they want to erase something they built?
2: <laughs> and
0: That's a whole different thing, I dude. feel like I'm providing a much-needed service with your thought process on these things. Thank you. I think someone needs to go, wait, hold on. Yeah.
1: The interesting thing about this World's Fair, I think this was the Tesla Edison one where they were about to, like, AC, DC power was a really big thing. Right.
0: Look at that.
2: They said they built that in two years, dude.
1: All the structures, the, yeah. the sculptures
0: and everything? Yeah. How many people? Did they build all those buildings? That's
2: what they're saying.
0: So why did? Why would they knock those down? They knock those down? Are those like sets, like when you go to like Universal Studios and it's, no, there's those, no building not, behind it? Not that I know of, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Why don't you Google why they demolish?
1: I was hoping it would be in this thing. Let's just, but let's just Google that. that. Boy, those let's Google
0: just... If you could uh, indulge me, please Google, why did they demolish the Chicago World Fair? What do you think? What do you think it's going to say? I, I'll tell you. Some propaganda by them, right? They're gonna,
2: It's to the, it erase history, bro. But why would they want to erase lines, something dog. that we
0: know about? But if we know that they did that, why okay, would they want to erase because that?
2: Because the okay. Tatarians had very advanced technology, like giant uh,
0: organs that could
2: heal you through sound. Have you ever heard of that? Organs, like musical organs? Like, do, 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 do. Yeah, like Phantom of the Opera it shit. It heal you through sound? Through sound. Free energy, <clears throat> that's a big part of it, free energy. Free
0: energy. Yeah. What, what do you mean by free energy?
2: That they could harness energy.
0: Oh, like Tesla type? Yeah. Like yeah, harness electricity through yep. the air? Yep. Yep. You know, they had said that if he had done that, if Tesla had done that, it probably would have fucked the whole computer revolution. For good or bad? For bad. It wouldn't have worked. All the electricity in the air be frying all the devices, the but next, then i would- I would think like wouldn't they be able to make oh so there was a fire giant fire convenient, <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. oh yeah, convenient mm-hmm. fire licked up <laughs> a large part of the rent- well, let's say they were experimenting with electricity for the first time, and it causes a massive fire oh, yeah. What a shocker,
2: oh, yeah, couldn't
0: well, don't you think maybe they didn't know what the fuck they were doing, Sam? For, the f- uh, for three hours, the flames raged along the past end of the court of honor until nothing was left but charred, charred timbers and blackened plaster. A shower of sparks fell upon the ice in the lagoon until it looked like a sea of fire. They fell upon the adjacent buildings, threatening them with destruction. It was a magnificent spectacle that drew ceaseless exam- ex- exclamations of wonder and awe from the spectators that crowded the grounds in the vicinity of the fire. It was the greatest pyrotechnic display of the fair. Interesting. So it caught words. fire. But hold on. It's words. Sam, but it's Sam. It caught fire. But the destruction did not end with the burning of these buildings. Firebrands were carried to the roof of the manufacturer's building, and the promenade around the, the crown of that enormous structure was soon on fire. The wind was strong, and the flames soon reached the immense wooden ventilators under the eaves. They were soon burning fiercely. The story under the roof was in a blaze. It sounded like a horrible fire, Sam. Yeah. But why would you think someone would start this on purpose? Uh, to, to destroy it. But would you think that it would be possible that the winds were really strong and an actual accidental fire that happens all the time broke out and it destroyed those buildings well, because I- they were experimenting with electricity for the first like What caused the fires? Do they know what caused the fires? Did they have like arson inspectors back then?
2: It's very interesting, dude, because, you know, you go through a lot of these big cities and you kind of see this weird kind of ancient architecture. And then it's surrounded by modern architecture. And it just the two don't match at all. One is like very advanced, like stuff we don't see anymore. And now. This new stuff. And it's just like, it's, it's really mind blowing. And you see a lot of this stuff, especially when you go to the smaller cities. Like they went around and got rid of the, a lot of the stuff in the bigger cities and they didn't bother
0: to deal with the smaller cities. Listen this the Panama Pacific International Exposition proved so popular and profitable that long before its closing proposals were made to save, oh, pro, long before its closing proposals were being made to save all or part of it. Architect Willis Polk, in particular, lobbied heavily for the preservation of the Palace of Fine Arts, the Palace of Horticulture, uh, South and North Gardens, and the Avenue of Palms. Louis Christian Mulgart told the Commonwealth Club that when the exposition buildings are torn down, then will we have destroyed one of the greatest architectural units which has ever been created in the history of the world. The influential club, like many others, passed a resolution pleading for the preservation of as much of the fair as possible. Speculative forces proved far stronger than the dream, however, and the arches and towers were brought down in clouds of colored plaster, revealing their fall, the underlying lath framework. The South Gardens were scrapped clean of paintings, fountains, fountains and sculpture, and small buildings were moved to the waterfront and barged throughout the Bay Area. The North Gardens, Marina Gray, Marina Green rather, and Yacht Harbor remained a gift of the exposition along with the Column of Progress with its adventurous bowmen at the end of South Street until the 1920s. It succumbed to automotive collisions and was pulled down.
1: Huh. This was the 1915 World Fair in San Francisco. A similar thing happened. Will you do me
0: a favor and hold on, go back to that. And Google um, the adventurous bowman at the end of South Street. What is that? So that was the last thing that remained. What did that look like? See if you like images. So there so it is. A statue, yeah. So it's a statue. And so too many people hit the guy with the bow and arrow, and that was the last thing remaining. Now, it sounds fucked that they would tear <laughs> that stuff down, but... You know, I'm, I'm open to the idea that some idiot owned the land or someone wanted to do something else with it, and they decided to destroy it and build new shit there. You don't think so? Like, after a fire, you think that they would have decided to preserve it? What if preserving it would cost a shitload of money? These were two Find separate something? events. Two separate events. The
1: fires were in Chicago at the was pre-1900. Oh, what is that? This was 20 years later in the San Francisco World Fair.
0: That was what you were showing me right uh-huh, there? Uh-huh. Oh, I thought it was the same World Fair. No, nope, nope, nope. So there's two World Fairs that caught fire.
1: No, no. One this, of them they just destroyed. This one, yeah, this one says they destroyed it. For, for no reason. I don't, that's where, I don't, we didn't get there yet.
0: So you think they did it because they want to hide history? Yeah. And You're not even high. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is it possible? Tell me what you think of that.
2: Which one is this?
0: That's the one that's got caffeine. That's the Ignite. Yeah, dude. That's 150 milligrams of clean caffeine, baby. Spicy pineapple. It's good, dude. That's my shit, son. I I uh, helped design that one. It's yep. my idea. This
1: okay, remains, so this, this remains. Chicago.
0: That's pretty dope. Let's pretty, see, here's the thing, Pretty dope building.
2: Joe. Like you don't see anymore. It's like this weird architecture that's that true. Isn't surrounded by anything around it, and it's it, and it's like so. Every, what do you mean, son? So this gets into in this it. gets into something
0: you talk about, like mud floods too. Like, yeah, but this, this stuff is like happened during modern history. Like they know about this. Like they know who built it. Pretty amazing. That's insane. Nine. From okay, it. it's still there. So look at that. Scroll back down there. It says nine amazing examples of world world's fair architectures still stand today. And look how dope that looks. Go back yeah, to that picture yeah. again. But they knocked down a lot. I'm sure they did. But that's because people are assholes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's a grand conspiracy to knock. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I'm looking at it. And I'm I'll going, take that as a win. Take it as a win. <laughs> take that W, Sam.
2: The world is very interesting, brother. And why it, would they try to hide their their ability to create awesome structures? Because uh, if you're asking me, Joe, everything is about. Try not to let us know how special we really are. I keep going back to that. But what do you? I don't know what you. That mean we by That we are powerful beings, and the way they do that is by knocking down that. By by not letting us know our history, by by rewriting history, by by
0: so flooding who would us do, with.
2: But who would do that? Low who, frequency shit.
0: Well, I think we flood ourselves with low frequency right. shit. I think that's but the problem: is like, like, that it, we like, gravitate towards low frequency shit, right. and low frequency right. shit becomes right. profitable. Right. Right.
2: It, well, it just becomes like before the internet. Like we we only had a few kinds of uh, a few different kind of ways to get stuff, right? And they and the and these people controlled all that. Whether it was like just think about all the stuff that people were able to get away with before the internet was here, and we could like people do right. their own research and stuff right. like that. And the control Catholic Church, like if you, uh, dude, that's a ba- you look at that. You look at the Vatican. <laughs> that I don't know. It's like
0: what is that? I went to dude? the Vatican on an edible.
2: Oh my
0: god! Oh my god! The stuff you must have seen and felt, and yeah, because edible is a good thing to do because it lasts a long time. You know, that's a good. If you smoke a joint, you're gonna be normal in 20 minutes. Yeah. You don't want that. You want to be, you want to be riding that cannabis wave for a while and soaking in the history of that place. And what did you think while you were there? It's wild. It's so much art. It's fucking insane. You want to go? Where did you get all this? <laughs> yeah, right. How is this all yours?
2: Don't you want to get in that library? Just like, let me see what's oh my in there, dude. God, what
0: do they have? <laughs> what is in what there? What do they have? Did you ever read the Sacred Mushroom and the Cross? No, I haven't. You need to read that. I will. It's uh, a great book about uh, this guy, John Marco Allegro, who deciphered the Dead Sea Scrolls. He was on the on the committee, like for 14 years, worked in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and his conclusion was that the entire Bible was all a misunderstanding. It was really about psychedelic mushrooms and fertility cults. It's a wild book. Supposedly, the Catholic Church bought it up, but it's it's in print again now. Oh, really? Yeah. I love yeah, those I got, dangerous books. I got old copies of it. I got copies, used copies of it from when it was first released. I have two copies of it. Oh, okay. It's a fascinating book, because if the guy was right, it's crazy. It, it, the, the thing about it is that there's, for sure, in a lot of ancient religious artwork, there's Depictions of mushrooms, for sure. Yeah, and for sure they thought that if they ate a mushroom and trip balls, they probably thought they'd stumbled upon some gift from God, some magic, something something that reaffirmed all of their beliefs in the world. Just like, you know, the people that thought rich witches were real. They did the LSD bread and they fucking trip balls right, and kill right, all the witches. Right. Those people probably, when they were consuming mushrooms, they probably thought that God had given them this fucking amazing gift to communicate with him, and they had to hide that information in any way, shape, or form. And so they did it in stories. And they hid, they hid the meanings and allegories and in, in all these uh, different. This was John Marco Allegro's belief, and that he broke down the word Christ. He, he traced it back to an ancient Sumerian word that meant a mushroom covered in God's semen. Really, and what they believed is that when it rained, you got to remember, infant mortality back then is very high.
2: Are we talking space pukaki, right? right but, now? Well,
0: yeah, it's space pukaki, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But but God's face bukake but infant mortality back then was really high right so they they, and they wanted to, to make as many people as possible otherwise it wouldn't be any people like these people were actively practicing fertility rituals and they were trying to get pregnant and it was like a really important thing so they had rituals they would do to try to get pregnant and they also had this ancient use of psychedelic mushrooms so when it rained All of a sudden these mushrooms would appear like you know what it's like when you go out in your yard And it was raining and then you'll see mushrooms like they weren't there yesterday Well, they would go out and see these things and then they would eat them and they would trip their fucking balls Yeah, Yeah. and it made sense that they thought that God had given this like that God came upon the earth and that this mushroom That from would get allow you to talk to God and they would try to hide this shit from conquering armies So they hid, hid it in stories
2: I I believe all that, and I also think that, you know, the Vatican has a real interesting role in, like, the interpretation of the Bible and what the Bible represents, and how they try to make it like literal instead of like a spiritual thing, mm. and you know, I mean, if you kind of take a look at like St. Patty's Day, right? You ever study St. St. Patty's no, Day? I never have. And what it really is, it's what is like it? so. It's like you know, St. Patty's Day is basically St. Uh, uh, who was it, uh, Patrick? is sent into Ireland to rid the snakes. That is it, right? But the truth is like I don't think there's snakes in Ireland. And it, what they're actually talking about are pagans. And it's actually a story of genocide, dog. Really? Yeah. That's what Saint Paddy's Day is all about. <sighs> No. Yeah, I don't. I think Ireland. Maybe is, there used to
0: be snakes. I Saint think it Patrick's was too, Day was successful. Yeah,
2: he just got them all killed out. Kill them all. Kill all yeah, snakes. he's just going around killing like gardener snakes. Snakes, man. Yeah, I I think it had to do with pagans and pagan. So then you get into something called Eagle versus Serpent. Have you ever heard of that story? That that no, whole no. Thing? But
0: let's let's start okay. with Saint Patrick's okay. Day Sorry, and dude. work our way to okay. Eagle versus okay. Serpent. That's a life. That's, that's, that's interesting. Well, oh, <laughs> James like what about he can't, I mean, follow I like, the, can't follow this chaos. No, I am. I like well, what do you want okay, me to look Saint up? Okay, St. Patrick's that Day it? was yeah. really about uh,
1: That's pagans. What he said? Well, that part was is not, uh, that'd be harder to find out, but there were not snakes there.
0: Okay, it says uh, did St. Patrick really drive snakes out of Ireland? The stuff of legend, the reptiles never existed on the Emerald Isle. Um, St. Patrick's Day, oh you son of a bitch. Enter your email to continue oh, reading. Second. You son of a bitch. Yeah. What are you doing? Trying to get us. It's your fucking mailing list. It's too list. cold. It's too cold. For snakes. for snakes. Right, right. So maybe it was just uh, like a way they had to explain why there's no snakes there.
2: Which gets into this thing called eagle versus serpent. And I, th- we'll, we'll get into it, but those are symbolisms, right? The eagle represents authority and power. Oh. That's why you see it on all these flags the eagle represents the serpent represents knowledge mm. and knowledge is power mm. and so and, and ancient knowledge so like when they talk about serpents they're talking about pagans and and we have a negative connotation of what pagan is in this country because we assume it's like witches and stuff like that but we assume it's uh
0: kids with asshole stepdads
2: <laughs> right goth kids <laughs> They're really into anime. And, right, right, yeah. right. Smoking cigarettes yeah. in high
0: school, yelling at about... Yeah.
2: That's what they think. And it's not, man. It's it, not. It's about basically a cult. Like,
0: Well, paganism was the existing religion that Christianity kind of incorporated, right? Didn't they incorporate a lot of their holidays coincided with pagan rituals? Yes. Like Jesus's birthday and all that to stuff. To bring people in. Some modern pagans refuse to observe a day which honors the elimination of an old religion in favor of a new one and wear a snake symbol on St. Patrick's Day. The idea that St. Patrick physically drove the pagans from Ireland is inaccurate. What he did do was facilitate the spread of Christianity. Well, that, that sounds
2: thing, like a, a very, a,
0: euphemism. a very cleaned up version <laughs> yeah, of it. That wow. sounds like
2: somebody's PR person came it in. Does. <laughs> well, now read this. Often that's, that's a-
0: not quite what we did. Yeah. You know, Killed, I mean, drove, same thing. People have a distorted version of history. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to spread Christianity, which is, of course, the real, true Word of God. Right. And uh, then the, uh, Patrick, the, the patron saint of Ireland, was born in Britain, not Ireland. Near the end of the fourth century, at age sixteen, he was kidnapped by Irish raiders. and sold as a slave to a celtic priest in northern ireland whoa after toiling for six years as a shepherd he escaped back to britain yo so it's a real person in the fourth century is that a real
2: yeah which now explains why he wanted to go back and whoop ass right
0: what there were no snakes okay we get that so snake was okay Leprechauns are likely based on Celtic figures. Leprechauns are based on mushrooms. And yeah. you can eat leprecha- eat mushrooms rather and meet leprechauns. Yeah, for okay? sure. That's what the elves are. I mean everybody has their own version of it, but there's like little things that you meet when you do mushrooms. No. Nope. They must have had mushrooms. They had cattle. They always had And they had moisture. Mushrooms. Right? They had yeah. a lot of moisture. So like I know Europe had mushrooms, a lot of uh, Mexico's a lot of mushrooms. That's where uh, Gordon Wasson, I think his name was, who uh, first started writing about psychedelic mushrooms. I think it was in Life magazine. Gordon Wasson, Google that. And uh, he was a guy that like sort of first started describing psychedelic mushroom effects in like modern publications. This is back before it was illegal. Mushrooms weren't even made illegal in America until 1970. It was cocaine was for the longest time. Yeah, Seeking the Magic Mushroom is a 1957 photo essay by amateur mycologist uh, Robert Gordon Wasson describing his experiences taking psilocybin mushrooms in 1955 during a Mazatec ritual in, how do you say that? Oaxaca, Mexico. Oaxaca. Oh, that's a beautiful name. Oaxaca. Yeah, that is a great name. It's name. A dope name. You, you want to get weird in Oaxaca. So did he, didn't, he wrote it in the book, but didn't he do something in Life magazine? There was something that was in like a uh, mainstream publication, yeah, Life, that's it. Life series of great adventures by R. Gordon Wasson. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Interesting.
2: <sighs> Mushrooms are life changers, man. But. I, and
0: I think that human beings have been eating them forever. And I and I think uh, based on Brian Murrow work with uh, that book, The Immortality Key, which I can't recommend enough. It's a wild book. The
2: Immortality Key.
0: Yeah, you would love it. All right, I'll it's, buy it. It's wild. I got a thousand books to read. I have it's them all also, at home. It's also based on very hard evidence. Like they, they have the vessels that these people drank wine out of and they found ergot in these vessels. The liberty cap and the fly agaric, which is, um, fly agaric is, uh, I think it's a type of Amanita muscaria mushroom, grow in Ireland and are both believed to produce visions of fairies and leprechauns. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. (laughs) Along with a variety of other world creatures associated with Ireland. Fairies and mushrooms have always been a big part of Irish culture and are deeply intertwined in culture. In fact, the Gaelic slang for fairies and mushrooms is the same word. I'll say that again. The Gaelic slang for fairies and mushrooms is the same word. Whoa. The word is pookies. Pookies. And uh, that's what we should, we to do. Pookies. We going to do pookies. That's what we're gonna call it from now <laughs> on.
2: Isn't that what they call like mat pipes call it. and
0: crack pipes? Are pookies? Do they? Yeah, I think that's what they I call. I don't them. don't know that. See, um, that's um, what but, they but always do. But hold on, do. before we do that, before we do that, we'll, we'll go to that. I promise. In Ireland, uh, the trip goes. The trip one goes from magic mushrooms described as going away with the fairies, being off with the pixies. In pagan times, imba furosni for, were psychedelic poets. The poets spoke of eating the red flesh of a pig, dog, or cat, which is believed to be in reference to the fly augeric, because that mushroom is red with white. It looks like Santa Claus. Which is another fucking conspiracy. Oh yeah, for the, sure. The poets chewed on this red flesh of a pig before lying in a dark room <laughs> to seek out inspiration. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah, dude. We have a winner, they were tripper. Yep. You they were yeah, you eat mushrooms going to just some cave and just trip it's all about balls. tripping. Yeah. Everybody tripped. I think that was a, a giant part of most cultures until the power cultures eradicated it. And that's the story of the immortality key. It must be Southern California thing, but Pookie means a tweak pipe. Oh wow. Crap. They're also called crack pipes. Wow. Pookie. Wow, that's crazy. Damn, dude. That's crazy. It went from being uh, something that allows you to connect with leprechauns to a, a crack pipe. That's what they always do. They take it and they they invert it, dude, all the time. Wow. That's crazy. It is crazy, dude. Or there was like a dude named Pookie who was who a fucking just got crackhead. weird. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> he was such a crackhead. They named the pipe after a him. legendary crackhead. He was the best crackhead ever. He was the Cheech and Chong of crackheads. I don't know in Austin if the, like,
2: ma'am. I, I'm I, this is how I know I'm old. Like, I don't, I didn't do my drugs out in the public now. I mean, dude, you drive around, people smoking meth. I was walking, I like, so I, I like to walk around Hollywood and just look for danger, right? Like, really? it's, oh, yeah. I just, just so I could you're talk about fighter. it. I'm, oh, that's uh, right. You're a crime fighter. Yeah. On my, on my podcast, like, so I could just talk about what I really? saw. Really?
0: So you go to bad places just to walk around? Yeah.
2: I'll walk around. Damn. And, just to see what I could find. You're a fucking investigative journalist. Yeah, I am. I'm a Dick Joe comic investigative <laughs> <laughs> reporter. <laughs> and, ah. and, dude, I was on Hollywood Boulevard one day, and, like, Hollywood Boulevard now is like straight out taxi driver, dude. It's, wild. it's the same kind of. It's really not like gritty, yeah, gritty, dark energy. Dangerous, and you just walk around. And there's still tourists, and there's still tourists. So this is (laughs) just wandering the streets. So the the tourist uh, company that's in charge of uh, the Hollywood tourist uh, board was bragging that the Hollywood Boulevard was voted top one hundred uh, tourist spots to go to. But what they never told you, it was number one hundred out of the hundred that they were. To- <laughs> what was number ninety nine? I have no clue, but it was voted number. Paul Revere's top- house, yeah, something like that. Some re- dude, you ever hear about what? Ben Franklin was... Okay, that's a different story, but... What did he do? You never heard that, like, what he was found in... They found in his house? No. Like, tons of bodies, bro. What? Ben Franklin, they found tons of bodies in his... Ben Franklin was a serial killer? No, he was, like, doing some weird
0: shit, dude. Bodies. Like, the, experimenting yeah, with bodies? Yeah, 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 no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this real? <laughs> Everything I say was Ben Franklin's basement filled with skeletons. (gasps) Repairs on Franklin's old London house turned up 1,200 pieces of bone from at least 15 people. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) For nearly two decades, by the way, this is from the Smithsonian. This is not some wacky conspiracy thought. This ain't (laughs) samtriplee.com. For nearly two decades leading up to the signing of the Declaration of Independence, Benjamin Franklin lived... (laughs) in London in a house on 36 Craven Street. In 1776, Franklin left his English home to come back to America. More than 200 years later, 15 bodies were found in the basement, buried in a secret windowless room beneath the garden. In 1998, conservationists were doing repairs on 36 Craven, looking to turn Franklin's old haunt into a museum. From a one-meter-wide, one-meter-deep pit, over 1,200 pieces of bone were retrieved. Remnants of more than a dozen bodies, said Benjamin Franklin's house, six were children. Forensic investigation showed that the bones dated to Franklin's day. Holy shit. The most plausible explanation is not mass murder, but an anatomy school run by Benjamin's young friend and protege, William Hewson. Oh, just an anatomy school. Yeah, and we're just going to bury them downstairs. Okay, anatomy was still in its infancy, but the day's social and ethical mores frowned upon it. A steady supply of human bodies was hard to come by legally, so Houston, Hunter, and Fields' other pioneers had to turn to grave robbing either paying professional resurrection men to procure cadavers or digging them up themselves to get their hands on specimens. Researchers think 36 Craven was an irresistible spot for Houston to establish his own anatomy lab. The tenant was a trusted friend, and the landlady was his mother-in-law, and he was flanked by convenient sources for corpses. Bodies could be smuggled from graveyards and delivered to the wharf at one end of the street or snatched from the gallows at the other end. When he was done with them, Houston simply buried whatever was left of the bodies in the basement, rather than sneak them out for disposal elsewhere and risk getting caught and prosecuted for dissection and grave robbing. Franklin was probably aware of the illegal studies going on in his building, says the Benjamin Franklin House, but it's doubtful that he was involved himself. Still, we can't imagine that. Curious man that he was, he didn't sneak down and check out the proceedings at least once or twice. Of... Of course he did. <laughs> Could you imagine if you're my friend and we live together and I say, Sam, what are you up to? You're like, bro, we got to find out how people work and there's only one way to do it. We got to look at bodies. Uh, Whoa, how are you uh, going to do that? We got to find a place where we can fucking legally or uh, secretly look at bodies. Well, I'm going to basement. Okay, so what do we do with the bodies? Bury bro. <sighs> but back then, when they were studying medicine, isn't that what they did? Like, all those people that like studied anatomy back then, how did they, if it was illegal to study anatomy, if it was illegal to study bodies, how how else would they find out how anatomy worked? That seems weird, but who knows? They had weird laws back then, but. It does seem weird, but it makes sense, right? Because if they had never studied anatomy before, and then all of a sudden it came along and like, we well, got to fuck up your grandpa. Right. we got to carve grandpa up like a turkey to find out what makes people tick, you know?
1: So weird note to add in another article about this. Oh boy! It's just a- Franklin's
0: history as a Mason was one of the historian's initial points of inquiry. Though shrouded in secrecy, Masonic rituals have dark, known undercurrents which have at times gone horribly wrong. For example, in a two thousand four initiation ceremony, a new member was accidentally shot by a member who meant to fire an empty gun but instead fired a loaded one. So yeah, they, they fake shot at each other. Yeah. But Just when historians historians dug deeper into what was going on in the Franklin home during the years the bones dated back to, they discovered the real culprit behind the bones is one of William Houston, yeah, the medical student. The yeah, they're basically saying the same thing.
2: Crazy, right?
0: Yeah, I think they all were a part of like secret groups back then, right? Weren't so have they? you
2: ever heard of? The, the special deal that Ben Franklin supposedly was a part of, and I, I'd love deal. to hear if you could debunk this because I'd yeah, love to sp- know. A special deal. A special deal with the, basically the, the royal family of England
0: no. that
2: they would get a percentage of taxes, of all taxes.
0: So Benjamin Franklin made a deal that some of the taxes from the United States would go back to England? Still wow.
1: to this day. <laughs> I, I don't want to debunk debunk that, but I do. I was they just put out a special like a uh, who's that Ken Burns? Yeah, he made a uh, Ben Franklin special, like maybe three three four episodes. There was a time period he was going back and forth, which is what this other article was saying, where he lived there, and it was in, whether it was in Germany or England. I'm not spe- I don't remember specifically. He lived there for a long time. Like his wife, he abandoned his wife like 25, 30 years. He had a kid abandoned. Never came back. Benjamin and Franklin did. Yeah, he was like the American representative living in England. This was like, before, you know, like right after the uh, Revolutionary War. The There's a lot of stuff about taxation representation still going on after the fact. Huh. So there might be some to that? Jesus I just, yeah. Christ. I'm trying to remember all the stuff about that do- documentary I just Yeah, saw. that like... Well, maybe th- they like,
0: Benjamin, well, you well. get 80 people buried in your fucking house. <laughs> How let's, we make gonna do fucking, this? let's make a fucking deal, We'll son. blame this kid or yeah, we'll blame you. Man.
2: And then they, they supposedly that the Queen of England or the, the the royal family gets a
0: percentage of our taxes. What what do you think is going on now? That one day some assholes like you and I will be sitting doing a podcast talking about <laughs> what the government is doing today. What? About imagine, imagine, imagine. Yeah. Thirty years from now. Yeah. They're talking about how Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan and started a war with China. That uh, that we underestimated China's response. And that was the initial start of World War III. Imagine if that's what it is. If this is our Gulf of Tonkin or whatever, no. this is our D, not D Day, this is our, um, what's D Day? D Day's the world. Pearl word. Harbor? Pearl Harbor, yeah. This is the day, the day that we'll live in infamy. This is our day. It's imagine. crazy. Imagine, imagine, imagine if that's, because history is going to play out, right? We we are not there yet. Yep. Whatever Whatever's going to happen hasn't happened. Yeah. That's a possibility. It is. That's what's crazy, is that the Chinese government is saying that Did you know that Chris Williamson said that yesterday, that they had posted on their social media account, prepare for war? Yeah. That's what we're using now, social media, <laughs> to declare war. Well, Trump did that. Yeah. yeah Remember? He yeah. called uh, Kim Jong Un, little rocket man. <laughs> And he's like, our rockets are bigger and better, I promise you. (laughs) We have the best rockets. I'm I'm the best at rockets. No one loves rockets more than me. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I mean, she went over there and. Is she there now? Yeah, she landed. She landed. What do you think that's all about? Is that a dick waving contest? Well, that's also like, did. Imagine if that's how they're trying to get rid of Nancy Pelosi. Oh. They're like, this lady's making too much fucking money. It's She's too over obvious. Here. She's fucking up our whole scam. Yeah, right. Hey, but Nancy, you know, uh, Taiwan would love for you to visit. Hey, we be- love Taiwan. <laughs> Let's go. You maybe make a deal over there, find out about some chips, you know, bring the husband. He's really good with numbers. <laughs> and you won't have to drive there. He can drink all he wants. Bro, they made more money in the stock market. They're better at the stock market than George Soros and Warren Buffett. It's unbelievable. But two guys that that's all they do. That's their thing. Warren Buffett, that's his fucking thing.
2: I get what she's like hitting at 80%. Or she's something. like, <laughs> yeah,
0: he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. a genius. He's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> just a wine drunk with big Bro, shiny they, tits. When they asked her whether or not she gave information, she's like, certainly not. <laughs> and she pushes the microphone. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, she just play. <laughs>
2: Dude, how long has she been there? Forever. There's a picture of her
0: yes, with, with JFK at his yeah. inauguration. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's insane to be there insane. that long insane. in power.
0: It's amazing. It's amazing. It's and amazing. it's just
2: like, how, how do we not have term limits? Like, that is too long to
0: be there. Well, she keeps getting voted in. What's amazing is uh, one of my favorite images of her mock clapping Trump oh yeah oh yeah oh, you don't know, like this my, one whatever yeah. she's doing here oh my god kyle dunnigan's shit with
2: the funniest it's dude
0: the craziest shit of all time he it's so funny so gifted so good that that is so good that fucking that thing that thing that they do oh my god that that web series that they do
2: it's him and I think Kurt Metzger
0: Kurt Metzger with- is the fucking man. He is so funny. Yeah, that and he's a great s- writer. He's so good. He's so funny. And the two of them together, the fucking sketches that they put together are so funny. They're so ruthless. And it's just weird that like we need like those
2: guys to do it on YouTube and we're not seeing like Saturday Night Live do it and all mm-hmm. these others because that's what should be done.
0: I no, feel no one can go that hard unless you are on the internet.
2: Right, It's kind of crazy, but even just a little bit, it just seemed like when, and this is my kind of problem with comedy right now, and I love all comics, but there's a lot of comics who are like my generation who felt like the censorship from the religious right that still can't, that just don't understand that that censorship, yeah, there are crazy religious right people out there, but the censorship is now from the left.
0: There's a lot of censorship from the left, but... If the left lets up, the right will pick it up.
2: Well, well you already see it. You remember when the, with the Roe versus Wade, you got the crazy people on. This is the end of hookup culture. You're like, stop yeah, it, settle please. Settle down. The guys who are like hating
0: against gays while they're sucking trucker dick on the weekends. You, now, the real conspiracy theorists will say that this Roe versus Wade thing is to distract us from all the other stuff going on in the world, so that we'll fight over that because it's such a hot button topic for America. Yeah, people are so divided on abortion lot, rights. And a, it's so it's so important. It's such a line in the sand for a lot of people, especially women. You know, that this a woman's right to choose is such a line of the sand that when they take that away, then people are gonna be fighting so hard for that that they're gonna ignore all the other shenanigans that are going on.
2: Well I, I think that I think the biggest problem that the right to, to choose people messed up on is that so many of them were anti right to choose when it came to getting the vaccine and you see it right. happen my all body, the time my choice. yeah and then yeah. They, they they it's they, different
0: they think it's different because it involves other people like the the being a, having a pregnancy and me as a woman having autonomy over your body is is your choice and a man telling you what you can and can't do which is often the case is what's so infuriating the difference is they thought the vaccine was going to stop the spread of the virus and stop the virus in its tracks so well, they I also think,
2: th- was a world but, horse uh, a, a public uh, problem when it really wasn't. If you take a look at like the actual numbers of people who could who passed away from it, it was like a ninety nine percent survival rate.
0: Yeah, but it still is a public problem if you have a hundred friends and one of them dies from this fucking thing. Especially people that are vulnerable, people with autoimmune dis- diseases, older people, overweight people. Right. I get their perspective, and I get if if it really did stop the spread of the virus, that it would it totally makes sense. The problem is, once it was recognized that it didn't, they stuck with the same game plan. Instead of saying, hey, what are the other options? What are the other things to do it? And how many people exactly are experiencing adverse symptoms and effects from this? How many people are hospitalized because of it? How, what, what's happening? Like, really happening? Let's, instead of pretending that it's all good, let's look at all of the good it does and then also what's the bad it does and let people make informed choices. That's always been the case with medicine, especially when you're talking about something that may or may not help you because it may or may not stop the spread. It may help you if you, uh, if you encounter the virus within a certain period of time, but then, you know, a lot of places they're saying if you were vaccinated and boosted a year ago, it doesn't count anymore.
2: It's crazy.
0: Like, they're making you get boosters and more boosters, and, and even while the effects of the virus have diminished greatly, right, it's still dangerous to a lot of people no doubt about it, but at what percentage now and what are the numbers and can we be accurate about that so we can make an informed decision? That's why people get upset because they don't feel like they're able to make their own decisions about these kind you of
2: thought, things. But do you believe there was a manipulation of the numbers I, to I, make it presented as something? So it all kicks off with these would, videos of-, uh, of Chinese people falling backwards, right? They're right. like, oh, my God, this thing's going on in China. And it's presented on the news as this crazy thing going on. And even though we never saw until when, vaccines hit. And you see all these kind of, you see the com-
0: comedian, uh, what's-her-face in, in – Oh, yeah. De- she gone. just
2: falls right back. Like- yeah, there's,
0: there's certain people that – and Dr. Drew's talked about this from the booster do have uh, – and maybe even from the second shot do have an ad- adverse event. I know people that have had it. The question is how many? The question is also when you're mass vaccinating, right, when you, you're, you're giving wow. a medication to 300 million people just in this country alone, right, or whatever it is, 260 million people, you're going to absolutely have some adverse effects. The question is, is it worth it to, like, risk that because the benefit is overall good? That's where people should be making, like, logical debates and logical conversations about it. The problem is people get scared, and when people get scared and they think that some people aren't doing the right thing when they did the right thing, then they get angry and emotional, and then they start believing things that turn out to not necessarily be true because some of these people that have put out these you know, results and studies, they, they have skewed the data, and this has been proven, right? So it's like this is just humans. This is humans, and, and just because it lines up with this – what they thought the pandemic was going to be—that's because that's that was their game plan to what to do if something ha- went went down. Doesn't mean they planned it. I don't think they would have. I mean, so many fucking powerful, important people died, man. A lot of fucking people that were like, you would think like they they were at the top of the food chain in terms of uh resources and knowledge and influence. A lot of those fucking people died from COVID. Like, co- I got COVID. COVID is real. yeah, I got real. COVID too. It's fucking real, but it's just it's not good that's i'm not trying to diminish COVID, but i'm saying it's not the same for everybody that's a fact and and taking into account different people particularly children's immune systems and their responses to it i think uh you know we we as a as a society always when something goes down and it's scary we we have like sides that we pick we have positions that we take and we stand by them and we defend them even when more data keeps coming out that shows you that it, it wasn't exactly accurate
2: so i always think dude this is my opinion that you know you'll have the trust authority side and then you have the conspiracy side and never is it one completely way or the other right but for me I think it tends to more lean towards the conspiracy side more often than not. Now, not saying that's completely, but it towards leans towards the conspiracy side more times than not. Because to be honest with you, Joe, I've been saying the same thing today that I'm saying when this whole thing came out. So that's the only reason I go, there's nothing that's happened to me that has changed the way I look at this thing. It, it just... It just always is the same people that get the more of the money, the more of the power, the more. And then you discuss, like, is this a move to get us into uh, some kind of, like, uh, 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 thing on our phone where we have to have a vaccine pass on our phone and all that stuff. And you can't go a certain place unless you got this vaccine pass and yeah. what that represents. That's what and, scares people. And contact tracing and all that stuff that be- we start seeing that's happening in China. Now, I don't know... Everything that's truthful that comes out of China, because there's a military-industrial complex. Well, they definitely complex. have that. They yeah. definitely
0: have that. They definitely have a social credit system. And, you know, that's been documented. And it's also been documented that people that didn't have uh, enough points or did the wrong thing or said the wrong thing or whatever, they weren't allowed to travel. They weren't weren't allowed to purchase certain things. There's parts of the world right now where you have to show your ID in order to get gas. Like you have to to scan your your number to see if you're allowed to get gas.
2: I mean what happened in Canada with the truckers where they shut down people's bank accounts yes. because they were associated with scary shit been some people have been talking about for very that that is the scary part of moving to
0: crypto, right? Is Did that- they give them their money back? Did they give the the truckers in Canada their bank accounts back? Whatever happened with that? That's an interesting question, right? It's like, scary when man. They, they took away their access to their funds to try to encourage them to quit.
2: Or somebody just, uh, one woman just sent like a hundred bucks to it and the government shut down her bank account and didn't allow her to get into her bank. That to me is super
0: scary. Canada unlocks vast majority of bank accounts frozen over support for trucker convoy. So they they unlocked the vast majority, but they kept some locked down. Do you think
2: Trudeau's Castro's kid?
0: Boy, he looks like it, doesn't he? (laughs) They have the exact same crazy. It's crazy. That's the wildest conspiracy ever. You, you see that. You see that. How is that? Is that, is there like a timeline where that actually makes sense where he, his I mom met Castro? Really? I, have a, I have an episode I did called Cuckapalooza, right?
2: <laughs> and it's basically all of these offsprings that don't look like their fathers, but they look like friends of the family. And I have this whole theory that they all just like, everybody hooks up and Lone it's and hot Farrell. potato. Ronan oh, yeah, <laughs> with Frank, Frank Sinatra. Sinatra. <laughs> looks
0: exactly like him. Here, Trudeau was born a little more than nine months after the marriage of his parents and more than four years before Margaret made a much-publicized trip to Cuba. So that doesn't make sense. Margaret was 22 when she married the 51-year-old prime minister and was a subject of intense media scrutiny. I like that. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. You go, boy. Sort of, like... Okay. Subject of intense media scrutiny, or ex- back then that was normal though, right? Experts say it would have been impossible for an earlier visit to Cuba to go unnoticed. Experts say, as long as they say, Cuban media have been unusually open about the death of Castro's oldest son, Fidelito, describing it as a suicide after a long depression. Neither state media nor independent reporters covering the death have reported the existence of a suicide note. Okay, but that's just, we're going into a weird area here. But, well, is, but do me a favor just, to just, do just for with funsies. Trudeau. Just for funsies. That's why
1: it came out. because there's supposedly a suicide note said that.
0: Oh, the it suicide note. But, the, but supposedly note. But look no at their faces, note. dude. But let's,
1: yeah, that's what I wanted to do.
0: Let, okay. Uh, February 1, suicide of Castro's oldest son, Fidelito, spurred the most recent reports on several sites claiming that Fidelito left a suicide note referring to Justin Trudeau as his half-brother. The theory was that Castro was Trudeau's father... Was also shared wildly on social media. Okay, just for funsies, and this is just funsies. Let's go. <laughs> let's Google. Look at the two of them together. No, there's some that I like. There's st- some. There's like multiple. Oh, right photos. down there. Right down
2: there. See that six pictures right there. There it is.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> that is wild. That is fucking wild. When you look at those. So look at all of them. The top. Oh my god. Look at the top one, bro. That. Is wild, but then you compare him to who they say is his
2: father, and he doesn't look anything like his but dad. That
0: is wild. Hey, bro, you need a twenty three and me right away, sir. We need a. You know, it's wild how close he looks. If it, if it's not his dad, boy, if I was the father, I'd be fucking suspicious as shit. Well, you have you ever Where's heard? Where's his l- real dad?
1: I think that's what this is.
0: Oh, okay. Well, let me say. Hold on. Okay, but it's real dad. He looks like his real dad too. Yeah, he looks a lot like his real dad, dude. A lot. Okay, I give up. It's just coincidence. <sighs> it looks a lot like his real dad, dude. Have you ever looked Hold into- on, go back to that. Go back to that. Don't don't take that away. Go to the top, the top one. That looks a lot like him, man. He looks a lot like uh, his real dad. A lot. A I lot. Mean, they're don't both men. No, 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 no. Look at the nose. <laughs> This shape—that's not ridiculous at all. He looks a lot like a man, a lot. It's just a—it's just fun. It's fun. Hey man, we're it's just fun. having fun because looking at it right there, he, he looks a lot like his dad.
2: Have you ever seen like uh, Prince? Obviously, we had the Frank Sinatra one, but
0: who's uh, who's spreading the news? That's the best one. Yeah. How about the? Uh, That's Woody Allen's kid. Fuck you. No, not even fuck close. Fuck you. Not even close. F- fuck you.
2: Have you ever looked into the Woody Allen case? Dude, it's super... Let's Dude. end this.
0: Okay. <laughs> We've been, how long are we going? Four hours?
1: Then click in close. Uh, Three and a half at the time. Don't
0: break. go too deep. Then no two, two it's, not, it's not that <laughs> it's, We got a show in yeah. two hours I gotta <laughs> for eat For sure dude I gotta eat dinner I love you buddy I thank love you too man Hope it wasn't too weird It was awesome We gotta do this more often Anytime I, love you. I miss anytime. you I love you and, very much and, I miss uh, the whole crew Thank you for everything You're the fucking man thank I appreciate you. you very much You're a fun dude Thank and, you dude And uh, we've had fun gigging in the past And we're gonna do it tonight I'm so excited I'm so To be excited, back with man. the boys Bro we haven't done a show together In fucking A few years now Years dude Yes my friend Love you bud Love you too Social media uh, tell everybody all your podcasts. Uh, I have seven, but. Um, you have really seven podcasts? I have seven podcasts. Oh my God. Yeah. I've, I w-
2: Listen, it's either I could talk to myself or just throw <laughs> a camera and a microphone in front of me. Uh, Tim Fall Hat. Broken Sim is my Grand Theft Auto one where I go around and I just look for I t- I just look for danger and tell you what I see. Uh, my spiritual podcast is called Zero. I got a show with um, my good friend uh, Brian Callen called Conspiracy Social Club. Cash Daddies is my financial one. And uh, Punch Drunk Sports. Just go to a Fat Dragon Pro on Twitter or Sam Tripoli. Everywhere else, go to Sam for all my dates. I'm in San Francisco this weekend. And he's a hilarious comic too Very funny dude I love you man I love you buddy so much Good night everyone I love you too Bye bye